Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I've never seen the guy in that state. <laughs> well, like the guy from Father Ted. <laughs> exactly like the guy from Father Ted. Oh, the presenter, Wait, oh, the presenter not Father Jack. Sorry? The presenter, uh, the Eurovision presenter yeah, from Eurovision Father Jack. Yeah. That's what it was like. That's how bad he was. Wow. wow. Anyway, I can't say Did that just go on the start of the podcast? No. Don't okay. be silly. I'd never let that go on the start of the podcast. It's the X-Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Two podcasts this week, one preview in the Six Nations, but you, you know how much we love the Premiership. That's what this one's about. I'm in the Rugby Dungeon. I'm Tim with JB. Hello, Tim. Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. Hello. What a fetching shirt. You said you were going to wear that Bath jersey today. This old thing. Incredible, isn't it? That is um, the Bath 150th anniversary or... Yeah, what, 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 you don't call it a centre. It's like when people go three month anniversary. It's like, <laughs> that's not an anniversary. That's not an anniversary. It's like, it's by the tri the tri bicentenary. Tri Okay, so a, a, a triple a triple half. Hang on. Yes, that'd be right. <laughs> that'd be right, wouldn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah. Correct. Why not? Yeah, well, it, well, it's living nonetheless. Just something on that shirt. So I'll describe it. It's a match fitting. I'll stand up for you. Match weight, beautiful shirt with with those little sticky bits. That do they still? Do shirts still have that on that chest area? Yeah. Now I understand that to be for front rowers. I'm originally. I'm sure it was. If I look, oh, how can I see it on? What, what, I know what is the function of the sticky stuff on the chest of a rugby shirt? Binding up. Ah, right. I just assumed it was like catching thing. Like no, no catching on your chest. You'd be it'd be pretty desperate if, if you had if it was just catching on your chest. Oh, okay, <laughs> you're, you're holding it, you're holding your leading arm out and you're catching on your chest. Well, can I just point out then that Phil is wearing a front row player's jersey and <laughs> and, and the sleeves are not baggy. No, they are not. This is definitely not a front row player's jersey. <laughs> okay. There's no chance. It could be a child. It's it's a two man job yeah. to get me in and out of this. <laughs> so, but the point I'm going to make about them is how quickly trends in rugby change I remember feeling really smart and cool in my cotton Canterbury top and then one day I remember it it was a, a sevens tournament Man- Uni of Manchester showed up in their tight fitting t- tops mm. first, time ever, first time I've seen them first time I've ever played against them nobody could catch them because you're so used to grabbing cotton jerseys. At Bath University, I was in charge of the stash, and I did the same. I went to a company called Stash. Yeah, I remember mm. them. They were awesome. And um, and we were the first team in at Booster level to have that tight kit, and we played Brunel in the in the Premier League and in the Premiership. And you could see on their faces, they were like, 
oh my god they look good yeah we <laughs> felt unbelievable I, I, i'll always remember the coach he just he was this welsh guy former wales a player and he, and he just walked in and he's pretty much um chat basically consisted of him going lads you look the bollocks <laughs> <laughs> that was it <laughs> i wonder what the next day so i don't know what the next innovation will be i'm just trying to think of what it could be <laughs> yeah. I was about to say then, maybe it'll be like the Cameroon team that had like. Do you remember their onesie? Yeah. So they had a onesie, didn't they? Cameroon. They had a onesie. They also had the sleeveless. The sleeveless. sleeveless. But the reason I laughed is because, as I was saying it, that isn't the first time a onesie has been suggested. Because Clive Woodward wanted the wingers to wear a onesie. Did he? In his reign, yeah. They in, were, the, in the 2003. In the marginal gains era. In yeah. the Dave Beresford era before Dave Beresford. Well, in the 2000. Because I've just looked it up. Obviously, 2003 was the first World Cup that had England in the Nike kit. I think South Africa were in yeah, a Nike Africa, France. and France in all the same technology. I've just looked up before that. So, England, uh, New Zealand, 2001, and England, Six Nations, 2001. They're playing in... Cellnet. The old Cellnet, yeah. yeah. Re- massively baggy. Enormously baggy. <laughs> like, it's absolutely massive. It's, it's, it's absurd, isn't it? Other than uh, <laughs> the fact that BT Cellnet will date that in the very late 90s or the early 2000s because they no longer exist. Well, they didn't exist before that or after that. No. Um, other than that, it could have been 40 years before that. <laughs> That's the only change on that jersey. A little fact for you. BT Cellnet being uh, sponsoring England rugby back in the late 90s... And, the, and through to the early Why 2000s. Why do I feel, I feel like this is going back to Newbury? No. Oh, okay. Mm. No. It means that, that, that there were rugby players that were England players or around that level then that have the most amazing phone numbers. So oh. some, of, some of the people I work with at BT Sport, I oh. can't say the number. I'll show of you course. the number in a bit. But uh, Lawrence Delalio, Martin Bayfield's phone numbers are I've got Bayfield's phone number. <laughs> have a look at the number. It's uh, an amazing it? phone number. <laughs> <laughs> just, wow, that's it, in, that's yeah. That, what an interesting like sponsorship perk. Yeah, take your pick, boys. Well, so Mobile I, phones are new. Whatever you want. In uh, school, I used to date a girl, and her number was something like, but not exactly this: oh seven one two three four five six, like six. Then miss one, and I can't remember the yeah. rest. But it's like it was unbelievable. Six six yeah seven eight nine. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you want a memorable phone number? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of zeros. Now. There's a lot of zeros in some of their phone numbers. I'll show them to you in a bit. It's quite, yeah. it's quite cool. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, well, um, <laughs> let's do so, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. We are uh, well. This is Egg Chasers, and you can help us if you appreciate the podcast. And we've had some lovely people come up to us at the AJ Bell Stadium today. Phil from Firstwood uh, <laughs> Waterloo. Yes, that's awesome. Came up I with his lads. Didn't appreciate him because he thought I was coming to you for a selfie. <laughs> it, it, yeah. no, a lovely man so I was chatting to this, this guy Phil then JB came over and um, sort of Phil just was like oh, you could see on his face he was like no I was talking to Tim and I went, he went I, I really like the podcast that's JB oh that's JB <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a great day at Cell Shocks today it, it looked great good day. A good game great result for the neutrals right who, and it looked like a good atmosphere who, who did I talk to today at the AJ Bell St- Stadium I'll give you, uh, I'll Phil from Firswood Waterloo. Yep, a, f- a famous ex-player, but who is it, Phil? Tim knows because he saw me talking to him. Oh, another Phil. So he's called Phil. No, no, oh, no, so, no. sorry. <laughs> famous. I, I'm like, Your name is too, Phil. too many Phils. Phil, Phil, if you Phil guessing, from what Firswood Waterloo. Yeah. Okay. Um, so should we do yes, yes, no? no yeah, let's do some yeah, yes, yeah, no answers. Okay. Was he a former sale player? Yes. yes. Um, 
Was he a back? No. Okay. Is he English? No. Is he from an English-speaking nation? Yes. Uh, is he from a home nation? Yeah, no, not, yes. Not from a home nation. Did he play for a home nation? Yes. Correct. Okay. English-speaking, played for a home nation. Okay. But he's from a different country originally. You would, you would love him. You'd love him. Or at least, you'd love someone very closely linked to him. <laughs> Interesting. Um, okay. Did he play for Scotland? Yes. Did he play... Did he finish playing in the last five years? No. Not far, not much more, though. Uh, yeah, I reckon it is, you know, when you count it up. I reckon he finished okay. in about... I wouldn't be surprised if he... 2013, 14 finished, probably. Okay. So he played for Scotland, but he's not born in Scotland. No. D- is he I born... I don't think he retired that long ago, but anyway... That's is he fine. born in uh, the Southern Hemisphere? Yes. Is he born in South Africa? No. Australia? Yep. Australia, Australian, he's not really Scottish, like, international, played for sale. Played for sale. He needs to be a bit of a nerd to know he played at sale, to be honest. And he's a forward, yeah. so is he a front rower? No. Second rower? Yeah. Goodness me. Australian-born, former Scotland international lock, he played for sale sharks. Okay, did he play for other clubs in the Premiership? Don't think so. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Maybe he did, I don't know. I do think so. Yeah. Who's, your, who's your favourite player, Phil? Uh, Jimmy Cudmore. Okay. <laughs> do the rest. Uh, oh, one of the Cudmores. No! no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the link. Oh, no, because they're, they're obviously not Southern Hemisphere. I know who it is, and I don't He's get linked. that link. You don't know the link between him and Jamie Cudmore? No. What? That's insane! I don't know. Someone who's been beaten up by Jamie no. Cudmore. No! <laughs> the opposite! Someone who beat up Jamie Cudmore. No, that is the opposite, <laughs> that is the opposite of that, though. Looked after by Jamie Cudmore, I guess. Looked after by... Or looked after Jamie Cudmore. He, he played in France a lot. OK. Oh. Oh. Yes. Nathan Hines. Correct. Wow, that took me a long time to yeah. get. It was a difficult <clears> one, that. It was. So I met Nathan Hines today. Uh, hold on, hold on. What, 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 Jamie Cudmore, tell me. What, what? They played together. They played together. Claremont. Claremont. I know they played Claremont together. For ages. For ages. Oh, they, were, they were like the duo, weren't they? They yeah. were the hardest lock duo in yeah, Europe. they were. Yeah. They were. So I met him. Uh, Jason Robertson was doing the rounds Lovely today. man as well, Nathan he's, Hines. He, he's cool. He's, he's really cool. Well, he's, he's a Gallagher. He's, uh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, I met a few people from Gallagher. Interesting, today. isn't it? We've got an office across the road from me. Uh, yes, they have. Oh, but the, the old Bollington office. Uh, that yes, might, that yeah, may yeah. well be where he uh, mm. works because he lives in Bowden, just up the road. Does he? Yeah, still a big bloke, still a handsome massive. bloke, still a and handsome, he says, massive man. He says he's worried because every time he goes anywhere rugbyish, and people realise Scott Scotch second row, they were mistaken for Jim Hamilton. Before <laughs> 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 you start, mate, I'm not Jim Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Far better looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, we are. Um, if you appreciate the podcast. You can help us out by subscribing, by leaving a five-star review, and if you uh, that, if even that isn't enough, and you want to you want to show your appreciation even more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers, where there is extra content, and um, we thank you very very much for your support there. Um, and also one other bit of uh, housekeeping, and this is my reminder, as I said I would do Tuesday night, seven p.m. Get on the Egg Chasers YouTube channel for an RAF versus Chinna broadcast. Mm. Which um, now I'm the guy Dougie is a guy from Mallover, 
uh, another podcast we like, Friends of the Pod. You should go and check them out. And um, and he's come up with a hatch this little plan. We're on board and helping out, and we're hoping it could lead to more. Your support on it will definitely help make that happen. Exactly. And the RF are warming up for the inter-services games. Correct. A friend of the pod, well, not friend of the pod, egg chaser player, one of our own, uh, Matt, uh, uh, Matt Warwick, playing with the Marines, beating the fleet air on the, uh, uh, this week. As the wow. Royal Navy are getting their team in shape. Very good. Mm. Mm. Very good. Uh, so, any, any other housekeeping we need to do? Only to say, what an awesome weekend of rugby. How good. The, you know, you've got Europe, and I know Europe is going to be the showpiece for Northern Hemisphere Club Rugby. The Premiership, without its star players, blows it away. It's not even close, is it? Really. It's a great leveller taking the um, some of the star players away, particularly in the, the way that these games have fallen, because you've got, in some instances, like, uh, well, a few of the games, if you look at the table, Leicester, top of the table, sail near the bottom. Yep. Lower team wins. Bath at mm-hmm. the bottom, Quinn's at the top, lower team wins. Yep. Uh, what was the other one? Extra Irish? Extra Irish. Wasps. Great. Saracens. Yeah, Wasps. Saracens. Saracens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all going on. Yes. In fact, the only teams that won who were ahead of their opposition would be Northampton Ooh, and Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah. And I thought Northampton would throw that away. I really did. I thought Diamond, Diamond. and his men would have it after two days. But, you know. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's more than two days, though, isn't it? Well, it's two real days, you know. <laughs> You're right, though. It's an absolutely awesome product. And I, I guess it's pretty relevant that we've just come from a game where as well as the fantastic coverage that you get on BT Sport right through the year the first of five live games broadcast on Terrestrial TV on ITV um, and What a was, weekend to pick eh? Mm. I, ITV you know said no we, who's who's the reporter for BT T- right no we don't need to get one of them we'll have, we'll have Tim then Exactly yes. No it would have been Sarah Elgan but um Anyway, but that doesn't matter. But the point is, we got a great product that we bang on about all the time, but it was really shown to its fullest. Oh, I mean, I don't know if they got lucky or what, but this was an exceptional weekend. It really was. Now, it was exceptional in terms of the um, the upsets plus the closeness of the games. Like the, As an example, the sale comeback towards the end of God, that game. The- 21-5 down. Did you watch on TV, Phil? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I, I still can't work out how it The largest... Ever lead Leicester Tigers have had at half time yep. and gone on to defeat in, mm. in the Premiership. So the, that side of things was brilliant. Some of the games ended up being a little bit scrappy in parts, yep. partly down to the weather. Just um, and obviously one of them that you were at, Tim, the Newcastle Gloucester game. While it was an amazing game in terms of the the storyline and the performances. Um, some of it was really scrappy yeah. as a consequence of that wind. Like the the kicking both yeah. out of hand and at sticks was a bit of a lottery right throughout the game, really. Yeah, well, just talk about the wind this weekend. So, not that it matters for Premiership Rugby, but to give you an idea of the strength of the wind, I played and lost a game for Tokyo's second team against Warrington. It's quite cool, actually. I showed up to, War- to Warrington, and one of the few times it still remains... I actually recognised a guy who I played against when I last played against Warrington first team. He was playing on, playing on the wing, a guy called Kev. And he gets the ball from his own try line, kicks it, the wind takes it, goes dead, five metres scrum to us. Uh, really? And this happened like two or three times. <laughs> wow. And they were kind of applauding themselves as the ball is sailing. Yeah, yeah. No, Nailed no, it. Yeah. No, Stop no. bouncing. Stop bouncing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was wild. It was absolutely wild. <laughs> I mean, same up at um, Kingston Park. Wild. Mm. 
Like, there was Fire Brigade having to remove... I, I don't know whether they removed or or secured in the end, but there was one bit of the, the roof of the stand which was it, it basically come loose and was like a sail oh, nice. in, in the wind on the top of it. I mean, at one point, we were looking at it going... I don't think this game can go ahead because if mm. that bit of roof comes off, someone's dying if yeah. there's a rugby game going on. God, it's yeah, frightening. Uh, yeah, so fair play. So I, mean, I know Dean Richards was there from eight in the morning. Doing what? Screwing up on the roof? Well, he was just making sure that uh, there was a lot of people. <laughs> I was going to say, sure the game goes ahead. Do you remember when there was the snow at Kingston Park? And um, Dino will admit this. Basically, BT took a shot of him... Shoveling snow. <laughs> that was the only bit of show he actually snuffle, uh, shoveled. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of effort went into making sure that game could go ahead at all. Thank God it did. Yeah, yeah. Thank God it did. And and I loved it. I, I've, I've it said said for a long time. Oh, I love the time it went. Said for yes. a long time. I like that. Uh, any kickoff between seven and eight in the evening. It just I don't know. Particularly on a Saturday night. It, Do you know what? It feels I, great. One or two pints. Down at Warrington River Club, got back to Talk H, and I was a little bit. I was on the edge. If I have one more pint, it's turning into twenty. Yeah, you've been t- you've been mojos at three a.m. Yeah, you, exactly. you'd have been in very good company if you'd have been out in Manchester last night. I wish <laughs> I had. I wish I had. <laughs> people I could have met last night in Manchester. The people, the rugby luminaries you could have oh, met in Manchester wish, last night. I wish but they didn't give me a call. So you know that's the end of that. So um, yeah, get uh, get home. Rugby on, it's absolutely perfect time, isn't it? Yeah. It, the only time it's better is when you do indulge in those, you know, the beginning of those 20 pints and you're five, <laughs> five into it, and then it's nine o'clock, it's a bit hazy, and then France kick off. Yeah. That's L- the only late, thing which is better. Late France kick off. Or even, um, it won't happen anymore, but the Haguares. Uh, oh. Like, oh, 11 p.m. Yeah, 11 p.m. kickoff used to be awesome. You get your second win then, like because quite often you're right. Like the sort of six o'clock kickoff time, five o'clock kickoff. Quite often, when it's part of a day, mm. you you don't really remember that. You have to go back and watch it the next day. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> the, exactly. Definitely sometimes. But nine o'clock or eleven o'clock, sometimes you snap back into focus. Exactly. Yes, when exactly. you're having your 15 inch pizza, <laughs> sat in your room, guilty, <laughs> sat in your lounge. <laughs> Let's start with Bath. Because chronological, yeah, yes, this game, Bath should never have won this game, and I think it is testament to the unbelievable skills of Max Ajomo, who, from what I can tell, just made up a complete offensive attack plan on his own. So Ajomo played well. Spent, first, first, time played fly, first time he played fly half since he was sixteen. I, I, wow. I know it's incredible, and like Combs picked it up, like his range of passing, and I'm thinking. I know. I've been talking about this kid ever since I saw him first time play. He can do. You saw him play for ten minutes, and you were banging on about uh, him for that weeks. Boy, England, England, weeks. now, now. Uh, I think he's that good. I yes, think he's the future. I interrupted you saying Phil, and I completely agree with what you were in the middle of saying when I interrupted. Well, Adrian played well. Yep. Spencer played well. He was awesome. Redpath played played well. Yep. And Will Muir finishing those two tries. I mean, that, the, yeah, his first, play. which I think that's actually the turning point in the game. His first two minutes into the second half, where he gets stopped on the 22 and then goes on to beat three players and, and crash over. He runs like a horse. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. They, they played really well, but I completely agree. I'm Before the game, I thought this was never good. This would, result would never happen. Yeah. For the first 15 minutes of the game, I would have bet my house that Quinns were winning that. They were so dominant for that first 15 minutes until um, the Dino Lamb try. That, and they actually should have... They should have been more up because Nick David dropped the ball over or had the ball knocked out of his hand over the line. 
and they probably should have forced a, a, a yellow card and maybe even a penalty try from Bath all in that first 15 minutes. Yeah. And when they failed to do that, it actually gave Bath a little bit of confidence that they mm-hmm. could edge back into the game, get a few penalties, and then get the, the two Muir tries. I mean, it, it reminded me of some of the opening scenes in any given Sunday. Like, <laughs> just throw on the kid, uh, hope he plays well. Um, you know, we do know he's super, super talented anyway. But I wonder what they're going to do with him. I wonder what Bath are going to do with him going forward. Like... Is he going to play fly half more regularly? Because he can definitely do it. Or have they now got one of the most exciting midfield combinations in Bailey, Redpath, and a Jomo? That is pretty they exciting. They just need to get a coach in now who can sort of. I mean, we always knew they've got loads of talent. That's never been in doubt. But can they bring someone into harness at all? Because it could be so exciting. I mean, we knew it could always be exciting. Yeah. We just saw it for a bit. Yeah. And you add that to the mix. Um, Another young player who wasn't playing this weekend who I really like, Phil de Glanville. Yeah. Who is Tom, Tom de Glanville. Oh, yeah. Phil's, Phil, Phil's the dad. Sorry. I bet, I bet he's, Phil's he's a good bloke Phil, as well. Phil, yeah, he'd still do a job. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not as young and exciting as some of the other well, names. Particularly, yeah, particularly with the range of passing of. Uh, he can come and play at the North Dorset Sevens. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, yeah. He's eligible. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do wonder, though, because obviously Bath, they've now got two results, two results in a row in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, Punctuated by a couple of massive losses in Europe, but ignore those. Two results in the Premiership. It does feel like this result was a bit of an anomaly, even though the players who played well did play well, because Quinns are missing some of their absolute key components. Yep. And I think the, the weather made it a little bit of a lottery, perhaps less of a lottery than some games, but I just wonder how, how many more results like this are Bath going to get this season, and I'd be surprised if they're in more than three more games for the rest well, of the season. I'm with you because they're rubbish. <laughs> that, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, you've, you've distilled my point into its <laughs> most pure <laughs> essence there, JV. <laughs> the players are great, the coaching's rubbish, this team is rubbish. Um, <laughs> if they get their starting 15 together, it, it, they... They could be competitive. They could be competitive. Yeah, they yeah. can. I think they can stumble into a few more wins. <laughs> so they've got nine games to, to, to win thirty percent, thirty-three percent of those nine games. I think that's a tall ask for this bath team. Uh, what do you do? I'm going to ask you, Tim. What do you do if you're the guy coming into Bath now, in terms of, in terms of your squad? Who do you keep? Who do you get rid of? Well, I think the fact that there is no relegation, which I don't like, uh-huh. uh, we've talked about that many times, but the fact there is no relegation changes the complexion of it, and I think that should give anyone the confidence to make bold decisions. And mm. well, just think, for example, had had Sippers been fit, or someone like Reese Priestland still been there, yep, that those selections, well, all Orlando Bailey would. Would, might not have happened and yeah. let alone Max Ajomo so uh, I think that's one of the features of the Premiership this year which uh, as much as I don't like the relegation I really do like the fact that and it seems especially important with the salary cap being reduced that the fact that there are a lot of talented guys in academies so, mm. it's so exciting to see and I'm, not, I'm not saying get the kids in <laughs> I'm not saying that well, it but seems I'm like JB saying, is saying get, get the kids in I am, but I'm also saying spend the, money, spend the money there because you get much more bang for your buck Yep. And um, and well, and it's, that's good for the England team as well, long term. 100%. I've, I've just looked to see when Cipriani's contract is up. 
He's, on, he's only on a one-year deal. Yes, yeah, Cipriani so, would go for me. Yeah, I think, I think go. he has John, to go. John, Joseph would go. Joseph would go. Cock and a singer can go. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got. Uh, I mean, he, he's really struggling. Going. Yeah, and which is. I don't think I'll miss him. But you will, just just on those names, you've got international players who are tying up a lot of um, salary cap. With one of them being a marquee player, but it's still a lot of money that you're getting so little value out of them because they're not playing. Yeah. yeah. And you've got some good guys there, so I would look at spending that money back onto the academy lads, lengthening their deals for not pick as a, much money as they'd possibly like. Pick but, a couple of uh, type five players from the championship. Yeah. J- Jersey normally produce some good. Get a horrible Doncaster. tight head lock-in from, from one of those clubs. Get a massive yeah. mutant number four. A couple of South Africans, a couple of enormous South Africans. Yeah. Huge South Africans. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the way it's I imagine this be, tried and tested. Well, I think there might be some South Africans moving internally in the Premiership anyway, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's the way to go. Whether that's the way Johan van Grang does go, we will wait yeah. and see. Well, no matter what he does, I mean, hats off to Bath. Last place in the Premiership, Friday night, be easy not to show up at a full stadium. Mm. You're right. Yeah, in, in not not the best weather conditions... Fair play to yeah. fill out the stadium. Yeah. And having beaten current champions, despite laying 13th in the table, surely that means they are champions. Oh, yeah, of course they are. They are, in, in uh, Dean Ryan logic. <laughs> when uh, Worcester Warriors beat Oyana, who the week before beat Toulon in the top 14, who'd won the Champions Cup. Yeah. Yes. And also Oyana had run some other teams very close. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know. But I'm, I'm just on the bath point, and you mentioned Ben Spencer, I thought he was absolutely awesome. Uh, oh, I thought you meant Will Spencer. <laughs> no, no, really, I did think that. Well, we're, no, because Will I was, Spencer came on and started. I did mean Ben Spencer. He did put it about when he came on. Yeah. yeah. Ben, ben Spencer did. Well, he did well, he didn't do that ben well. Ben Spencer was so good. And uh, we talked about Exeter Chiefs and what they're lacking, and uh, we mentioned Nick White gluing it together. Sale as good as they were in their win, which we'll come on to. They're, they're still not missing Faf de Klerk, who's the kind of glue. And I'm I'm minded to think that that I might have under I think I've undervalued how important that scrum half position is. And I think I, th- I think it's absolutely massive. And Ben Spencer was was huge and really important. So I would definitely and we were talk- JB and I were talking about this in terms mm. of what would you do with Sale Sharks squad and I'd say you can get rid of XYZ keep Faf to close I'd keep Faf for as long as you can so uh, I've said before uh, not having Faf this season for Sale I think it's been a little bit of a blessing because they can see a future without him now you don't have to have that perennial worry of God what happens if Faf is yeah. well he's not around so yep. you know do something else and that has allowed Rafi to you know flourish and become the number one I think Gus War probably played himself into contention for another contract because Will Cliff is getting on in age as mm-hmm. good as Cliffy is. I think you've got one and two there. You can keep Faf if you want or you can go and look for someone else. The the interesting thing next season will be how Faf interacts with George Ford. Yeah. Because Ford, I think, plays, certainly for Leicester, plays his best stuff with Wigglesworth inside him, mm. who is the opposite, if it's possible, of a <clears throat> Faf-type scrum half. He is... He is. Predictable and measured, and he's he's absolutely brilliant. Love Wigglesworth, but he's not Faf. No, who, who would the actual opposite of Faf be? Who is enormous, lumbering, and, well, and long? So it's not like Phillips, is it? Because um, you know he was quite spiky and used to break around the edges and whatnot. Connor Murray, I guess, 
Yeah, he probably is the closest to if, the opposite. If you want lumbering and the opposite to Faf, I would go Ricky January in his later years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just one to... I'm not saying anything revolutionary or... And actually, it's probably stating the bleed and obvious for a lot of people, but I just hadn't quite considered how vital that nine jersey is and... Um, I think we've I think we've seen that with the team. Well, we, certainly with Bath's performance, Bath wouldn't have won with another nine no. on the field. And yeah, an Exeter when we come onto them. I well, I didn't see clicking. the Exeter game. So did you see it? It's all she, highlights. Yeah, I've I've seen the, the highlights of it. I've seen nothing. Which, all I know is that on Twitter I said Exeter would win. Then I saw the two teams. And I think no, there's no way Exeter can win that. Hmm. They were fourteen nil up. Yeah, after, were they? after they were cruising. It was fourteen nil after about 15 minutes so they were going for somewhere between 75 and 80 nil at that stage yeah and then didn't score another point for the rest of the game london irish are crazy they're just not a normal team i was sat having a coffee because uh, i was in newcastle and then we'd been told oh, the kickoff's been put back so i went i went to find a coffee shop and i was listening to bbc radio devon mm. and the, uh, the, the, as you do the, the commentary of that uh, irish Extra game, and I, I, I love local radio commentary. It's so funny. <laughs> um, on the, the game, so the best moment of the game seemed to be that Stokes try, yeah, with Paddy Jackson kind of show go half break offload to Loader, Loader, who gets tackled and passes it back inside to Stokes, who finishes it brilliantly in the corner yeah. with, a, with what was a very good or should have been a very good cover tackle from Simmons. That was absolutely awesome. But it looked like London Irish. Well, they they were knocking on the door of um, a third try in the last couple of minutes. It was only the penalty that, um, well, the, the penalty that Jackson, I think, deliberately pushed wide of the sticks to um, prevent risking hitting the post and ball kept playing. But yeah, London Irish to do that to Exeter is is impressive. I guess the two points to make on it would be extra definitely missing more players through internationals yep. um, and extra have just had two tough games in Europe um, whereas Irish have probably been focusing so they've got a full strength team focusing on this game Correct. whereas Exeter have been through the mill a bit and are missing some of their key guys yeah. but even even taking that on board is still an impressive Irish are, are result, outrageous. result for Irish outrageous. they are what fifth now? And they or sixth, and sixth. They yeah. they've drawn Five wins. they've drawn three, three. games. They yeah. will be legitimately looking at that, thinking JB was right. We should that's be top four. Yes, yeah. we could have proven JB. We've let JB down. Is yeah. what they'll be they, thinking. Yeah, that's, that's their team talk week in week out. Do it for JB. Yeah, we can't <laughs> let JB down again. Yeah, and, and they're they, pulling it together now. Well, that's if you say that's uh, it's probably seven or eight points that they've dropped through those three draws. So they, that would put them. They put them. Level with Quinns and Gloucester, probably uh, the largest crowd for London Irish in their new home, which, mm. which is great. And I mean, if I could get to a game, um, I, th- I think we might. We I'd might love have, to get to a game there. Well, the twenty fifth of March is their Paddy's Day game against Northampton, which will be entertaining. Mm. The following week, or is it two weeks later? Well, anyway, sometime early in April, they're playing Harlequins. That will that be, will be, that will be, be nice. dynamite. Yeah. yeah, it will be. Because if, well, if the trends of these two teams carry on going the way they're going, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that London Irish will be looking at challenging for top four. And yeah. I, you know, I really do mean that. So, uh, yeah, I reckon we should, have a, we should have a weekend in London and 
at an Irish game. Mm. Uh, but since we just mentioned Exeter Chiefs, let's just very briefly uh, cover off their news this week. They've spent half a million pounds on... Um, a hat. On, on a hat. Yeah. <laughs> on a hat, yeah. Keeping the same name. Yeah. Well, of course, because the name is... The name came first. <laughs> yeah. The name came first. The, <laughs> name, the name dates back over 100 years. Yeah. Well over 100 years. Yes. Um, they were always the Chiefs. It's just... Look, the whole thing's absurd. It was absurd from the outset. Cultural preparation, it's not even a thing. It didn't even exist five, five six years ago. It, it was lit... It, it wasn't a thing then. It's not a thing now. But, of course, everything's racist until certain people get control of it. So here we are, and the Chiefs have had to change their name. And everyone thinks this is progress. But I honestly can't see what is so progressive about having to name yourself after a tribe who lived in your area about... I mean, this is the opposite. Is this not how the Balkans happened? That you sort of reach back into your ancient history and to find an identity and that all outsiders are, are, are not welcome? It's absolutely perverse. But well done, everyone. It's a, it's a huge win. A, an interesting side to this is the Chiefs are now the Chiefs and they've gone for some traditional, I don't know, warrior... People, Celtic. Kel- Celtic, whatever the hell it is, down in Chiefs. Now, by the way, the original Chief was ridiculous, the Indian, and the new one, would you say it's, I mean, it's fine, isn't it? It's what, fine. It's the, what, the, what, the, the new logo. logo. Yeah. Just pure, I, I mean, I, again, it's I, fine. Well, as I've said, I, I, don't, I don't really care. No. Uh, but um, if, you're, if you're worried about a cartoon, well, I mean, you could be an, an Islamic fundamentalist, actually. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. no, what I was saying is... It shouldn't just, really bother adults. Uh, for, for what it's worth, purely aesthetics, I, I, don't, I don't think the logo's very good. <laughs> just, yeah, just, the, the old logo wasn't very good. Yeah. The, the new logo's not very good. It's not very good. But, just, uh, bear this in mind, right? The Chiefs have changed this uh, effectively to be more inclusive, right? Because the old logo was not very inclusive. No, or... as as with all these things, it, it's it's money. I don't think they they. Uh, well, I think there's a lot of people that are ambivalent. Um, I think basically it comes down to money, and it's there's enough pressure been applied by um, a few uh, this small number of people on Twitter that it starts to affect your commercial. Deals well, it your becomes all-encompassing, all yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so clearly it's cost them half a million pounds, which is one of the reasons that they were like, oh, oh, can we just have a talk about this maybe when we're not at a period where <laughs> yeah. money is just... No, it's racist, so and tight. it's more racist today than it was yesterday can, can, and the day can, before that. We'd really like to keep being able to pay all the, all the people racism. who have jobs. <laughs> um, so can we just maybe just put a pin in this and talk about it in the future when we're not hemorrhaging money? Um, but, but they've spent half a million pounds, I think, basically because not doing it would cost them more than half a million pounds. Well, can we just bear this in mind how ridiculous the whole situation is? They've changed this logo for diversity reasons, whatever that may be. Meanwhile, uh, England A-team used to be called the Saxons, so they changed from a native tribal Celtic people, whatever the Saxon people, (laughs) for diversity as well, because that was not as inclusive. Everything is racist until they get control of it. And that is, uh, you know, the moniker that you should live by. Saracens, watch out, you're next. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. Um, and this is on the same week. This is not whataboutism, but it'll be interesting to see what rugby's response is to this. It's the week that TikTok gets involved with women's rugby. Now, if you are in any way turned uh, uh, switched on to current affairs, you'll know that Chinese social media companies are not probably your best partners when it comes to anything, really. So if you're worried about the cultural appropriation from a cartoon, which affected nobody, ever, uh, 
I assume you'll be outraged when you hear about what um, the Chinese government are up to and they're on TikTok. Well, even on that, one thing, again, I, I'm ambivalent. I don't care what Exeter Chiefs logo is. No. I, I'm happy. And that by the way, good, you know, good on them for. Yeah, good you know, on them. Just trying something. Yeah, good on them. And and the, if the fans are happy and they're happy, that's all I care about. Yeah. And I'm not not really bothered. But what? But it is. I, I do think this. That there's been a lot of episodes, and another one we'll come on to. I'm sure a bit later, where social media is um, is the root of a lot of evil, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people that get very very vocal about issues like this on Twitter are doing it on their lovely smartphone, which was made. <laughs> by slaves in China who have buildings with suicide nets. Yep. So there's th- your phone that you're tweeting about all this oppression uh, of, a, of a logo, you're writing that on a phone which was made by people whose lives are so horrible that they have to put nets around the building because people throw themselves off it. Yeah, so, I, you know. I had a list of quotes, actually, which I jotted down here. From security, uh, from the from security services and whatnot about the dangers of TikTok and all the rest of it. Uh, I, I don't think it will be mentioned. I don't think BT Sport will give it a section like they gave it to, like, uh, like they gave to, um, like they gave to the cultural appropriation issue of Exeter. But this is a far more serious situation, which will. Uh, I know, I know nothing people. about this women's rugby TikTok thing. What, what? Oh, do you not? Do you not? No, Phil? I know, I, I've, I've seen it. the headline that uh, TikTok are now the sponsors of Women's Six Nations. So they're, they're, the flag, they're the title sponsors. That's nice and healthy, isn't it? So we the TikTok Women's Six Nations in the same way it was the well, Guinness Six Nations or the Royal Bank of Scotland yeah. or um, TikTok in China looks awesome because they show they show Chinese kids science experiments and stuff like that, and they block it after ten pm. <laughs> yeah, <they'll, they'll, laughs> yeah, so they very different, yeah. very different over here. But anyway. it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. <laughs> That's what aboutism, JB. Yeah, that is what aboutism. Totally right. But just before we finish the exercise, did you watch the two minutes or three minute um, video, mm. the extra press release one with Baxter voice doing the voiceover? Ba- okay, no, I didn't. Did you not? No, nope. the ex or just. Saying this is who we are, this yeah. is our history. They is really, really nicely done. Yeah. Like, I say, a touching I little yeah. video. Uh, the politics aside, I never actually liked the old logo. I've always said that, but you know, so good, good. It's good. We can all move past this now. Yes, and, thank goodness. Way, before anyone says the Tom Hawk chop, chop is racist, it's not. It's the Tom O'Hawk chop, <laughs> and that is legitimate, right? Well, it's just, you, can, you can't Tom O'Hawk. Can you get <laughs> Tom O'Hawk? Tomahawk. <laughs> don't know where he came from, but yeah, I mean, he's a Celt, isn't he? Tomahawk. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds Celt. like it. Yeah, yeah you must ca- be. I, you can't. You can't. Um, <laughs> whatever song they want to sing, they just let them sing a bloody song now. Like that, you. That's it. Done. It's done, isn't it? It's done. Yeah, you've got nothing to right. stand on now. By the way, uh, I, I, being a, the AJ Bell today talking about songs, what I quite like about Sale is that every one of their chants is just. The word sail in a slightly different way. Yeah, yeah. sail, sail, and then uh, I've, I've said this before, but um, for a few years ago, we went with my wife and her parents to go and watch sail, um, and they're they're all incredibly musical. Uh, Dad likes rugby, but the rest of them don't. And my wife Claire and her mum, um, her mum's particularly musical, found it hilarious that the sail chant um, to, to make it work, you have to use. Two syllables to say a one syllable. It's like Ingerland. You have to make England into a three syllable word. Say you. Well, 
thought you were going to tell the story about when you went to sail even longer ago than that. A mutual friend of ours who will remain nameless started handing out song sheets to people in the crowd and they just said sail sail <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke yeah tremendous yeah. answer brilliant that's Repeat. very funny but they have another one they have the uh, hey jude na 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 oh, na, yeah, na, na, na sail yeah <laughs> two syllables two syllables <laughs> wonderful stuff isn't it absolutely yeah. wonderful um, should we talk about the sail game we were we there yeah it was great Awesome! It was awesome. I, I mean, can't, I can't, I can't believe they came back. I have no idea how this happened. So I have no idea. How and, and just in terms of right, we love this product. We love Premiership rugby. We love rugby in general. We're in the northwest, and we want it to thrive, and we want people to enjoy it. I was looking. I was thinking at half time. I, I don't support Sale. Uh, I, I love what Leicester are doing. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at it, thinking we've got ITV and BT Sport we've got, so we've got a lot of people that don't normally watch rugby who are tuning in we've got a full house they've made a massive effort to get a big crowd there and it's just the wheels have come off and sales mm. season is done do you know that's exactly my yeah. thought by half time I'm scribbling down my questions for uh, Sanderson and they go something like what uh, do, you, do you need big changes or just need uh, more of the same do you need um, to start Sam James is a reason Sam James is not here uh, what, what is it going to take for this discipline to sort itself out they were pretty negative questions how much longer are you going to have a job yeah, this keep, yeah keeps I mean, going? That, these are the sort of things that I was thinking and then yeah. by full time it's like so when are you going to get your pay rise yeah. uh, is it going to be an extended contract uh, <laughs> top four still possible isn't it is top four still possible I think that shit might have it's, sailed it's all mathematically possible they, they're, they're they, 14 points behind yeah they got a club record eight wins on the bounce last year yeah so let's and that does sorry. feel like the kind of match that could set in motion something like that. They go to Quinns next week. That's tough. Yeah. You know? Sorry, just just one thing I said before. There's um, nine games left. There's actually eleven games left because we're in a thirteen-team league. So correct. Twelve games home and away. I was standing behind Sale Sharks commercial staff when they when Dupree scored. Was it Dupree scored? The Dan Dupree scored to put Dan, them ahead. The, yeah. the, the, no, uh, he charged down through. an intercept. Charged on intercept. Oh yeah, and got them to within four. Or what was another like one? Anyway, it doesn't really matter. There was the Reed try on the left hand side. It was that awesome. was just ridiculous. They that, went, that was a really good try. I, I want to get uh, Adam Radwan, Lewis Reed, Samit, Aaron Reed. Aaron Reed is so fast in, in, a, in a race. Who else? Who else would be on the starting line for that race? I'm not sure there's anyone who makes that top three actually. Nick David. Mm. Nick David's nice. I'm not sure he's got the top end speed of, of Johnny those May. Other guys. Johnny May's not as fast as Reed Samit. We've seen that. Yeah. Johnny May. I think Johnny May. Three or four years ago would have been, yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's what thirty one, thirty two now. So, yeah, Johnny May would have been definitely. I'm not sure there's anyone else. Anthony Watson pre injuries maybe. Kibariki, maybe. Maybe he is, very he is fast. Rafi Quirk. <laughs> Rafi Quirk. Well, over like three yards, he's absolutely unreal. So, yeah. Anyway, so I was watching the commercial staff and they scored and uh, just glasses, clothes, wallets just like, went absolutely <laughs> ev- everywhere. It was brilliant. But, you know, on a serious note, the first half sale were dreadful. They were played off the park. Their they gave a load of penalties away. Penalties just... Penalty kill... Can't kill them. It just strikes me as an undisciplined team, badly coached team at, at, um, at that point. And I don't understand the team selection at all. I don't understand why Dan Dupree is on the field. Dan Dupree, I know why he's on the he's, field. Yeah, Rob, Rob Dupree, Dupree at and, 13. You know, well, I, 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 I struggle to say positive things at the moment about him so at all. Yeah, I, I thought Luke James played really well at 
15. Yep. I thought um, Roebuck played well, and I thought Reed took his try beautifully when he came on. Now, it's so interesting to say that. I've, I think about Reed in the same way I think about Ashman. Two young lads who've got this amazing reputation around the club, but I just don't think that they've done it yet. Ashman certainly has done it for the last three or four games. He has looked superb. He, he, he looked, he looked good. Yeah, yeah, he's built. I think he's building and, into making that position his own actually. And Langdon looked good. His his break mm. ahead of the Reed try actually a- was Akavander who exactly. exactly. Well, it wasn't so long ago. Ashman was surplus to requirement on his way up to Edinburgh. Mm. Two days up in Edinburgh, like no, you need no, to we come need back you. down because yeah. what you know. So. It does actually look like that's going to be his start. If he can carry on like this, that will be his starting job. As for Reed, I watch him. I think this guy isn't a finisher. He's fast as as anything. Oh, he finished that try. He finished beautifully. That one. I mean, I've seen him drop. I've seen him miss three tries in the uh, what was it? The, the the Premiership Cup. And I wonder if he just needs more game time, more exposure mm. at that level because it is hard. It's really, really hard. You saw Joe Cock in a single when he first came through at London, London Irish. Everyone thinks saying he's brilliant in the Championship. Watch him in the Premiership, and let's be honest, he wasn't great. Mm. Uh, now that try the Reed scored today, I'm hoping that is the one which makes him realise, yeah, I'm definitely quick enough for this. He is definitely quick enough. Robux, yeah. Robux got four tries in three games. That's the boy I was going to talk mm. about next. I love this kid. I was shouting so often, give it to Robux because <laughs> he's powerful, he's strong, he's fast, he chases kicks. Yeah, I like I like him a lot. A lot. Now, you said before about the turnaround in the game. So for me, and I'd, I'd like to get your perspective because you guys were there. For me, there were two things that turned this game around. One, Sale stopped giving away stupid penalties. Yep. Or the, the, the penalty, they stopped conceding stupid penalties. The, the penalty tide turned. I'm not sure how much of that was down to them, down to Leicester, down to the ref, but it changed anyway. The other one was what, from my perspective, sat on the couch... Um, would look like a crazy decision to take Bill, uh, Billy Burns to take Freddie Burns off, mm-hmm. who was playing well and controlling the game nicely, um, replace him with Van Portfleet, but put Van Portfleet to fifteen and put Hegarty to ten, and Hegarty did not play well in that last twenty-five well, minutes. I think I'll let Tim answer this. Correct, because okay. As I understand, so there's a, there's a lot that goes on on a match day. I, I, yeah. I, 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 so. Misunderstandings and mistakes can happen. So I, I put exactly that point to Steve Borthwick. I said, mm. you know, you were you were in control, and one of the reasons for that was Freddie Burns. Let us in on your thinking with um, making that change on about fifty-five minutes. Um, and if anyone watched the ITV coverage, they would have seen Steve Borthwick say, "Well, he had to come off. He was he was injured." To which I then challenged him and said, "Okay, he was injured, so I, I, I understood it to be a tactical change, oh. uh, and he was." You know, uh, it was a little testy. Perhaps he, he, he didn't look very happy. And if I if if I had that information wrong, that that might explain why. The reason I had that information is because that's the information that was given to me. And the way that so it may well have been a breakdown in communication. Mm. But the way it works is um, that the the team manager will write down a little card which they hand to the fourth official on the touchline. Which is actually very important because. Bloodgate hinges on this yeah. point. So this yes. is this is not an insignificant point. Yeah, and you have to put down on that the reason for the change. And in my earpiece, I will hear it's an HIA. Yeah. it's uh, an injury. It's yeah. a tactical blood change. replacement. I'll awesome. hear the reason for yeah. it. And 
in this particular case, it was told to me that it was a tactical change. Steve Borthwick says it was an injury, and that's enough. Yeah. That's enough for me. But it did me. It did make for. Uh, yeah, well, but an interesting moment in that interview. Burns looked like he'd had a little bit of a knock, but he also looked uh, dissatisfied to be getting taken off at that moment in so, so early in the game. Uh, well, that could have been looking back at it because I did think about this and I was thinking about Freddie Burns' face, and I thought, oh, no, if he was injured, bearing in mind his, he knew he was there to assume the George Ford role mm. when George Ford wasn't there. If he has got a little niggle, he would be really annoyed. Yeah, really. And, yeah. and he could be he could have been running off rather than going I'm annoyed I'm coming off in this game it's I'm annoyed I've got a knock going on yeah. this was my moment. So m- perhaps perhaps that is right and perhaps the change was um, injury enforced. However, what I was going to say, yeah. Cecino has played 10 at international level. Has he? Mm. Yes. Yeah, and just, he was on the bench. Can I just talk about Argentine tens for one second? Do you think it's crazy that Gloucester were hunting for a 10 and they've actually got a 10 who plays international rugby and plays him on the wing yeah Carreras he actually starts at 10, 10 for yeah, Argentina he has started at 10 for Argentina and he play, I, I still can't understand why they do they know this Is anyone told <laughs> <laughs> they maybe think it's the Newcastle Carrera that plays and 10. maybe Newcastle think it's Gloucester's it's Gloucester so they just like, play them both on yeah, the wing yeah just to be safe they're, they're quite good but we don't know where they play they don't speak great English so. Juan Pablo Cecino has played 10 Mm. More so than Bryce Hegarty. Well, well Bryce Hegarty is I, there as a 10. Yeah, Bryce well, Hegarty's been brought as a 10. As a 10. I get, but, but, but if you had Jack Van Portfleet, Cecino, and Hegarty, and you needed to fill a 10 and a 15 jersey, you would keep Hegarty where he was at 15 and put Cecino on at 10. Surely. Yeah. Depends where or they played. But yeah, you're right, actually, because Van, Pl- Van Portfleet is just not a 15. No. Any stretch. No. And you had, a, you had an outside back in Saumaki as well. So you could have did they? He yeah, was on the bench. He came on the bench after that point as well. Potter or Potter could have. Shifted, Samaki came on to ten minutes. Yeah, Potter definitely could have done a job out there. Yeah, regardless of the Burns injury, it, it just doesn't stack up, does it? But it it not only it seemed odd as it happened. Although I was aware that Hegarty was brought in as a um, utility back, but specifically third choice ten. Yeah, um, but. Looking back through the game and looking, Hegarty did not play well, and he obviously got charged down for the Dander pre-try, and he didn't control the game in the same way that Freddie Burns had done. Failed to get um, the position. wind did make it difficult. Is yeah, one little I, caveat there, but no, you are right. And, and and for the record, I didn't think at the time to ask Steve Borthwick about Cecino and mm. and making the call, even if Freddie Burns was injured. And if I could go back, that's what I would have asked him. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I missed that. Sacchino and Salmaki as the two options. Yeah. One who can play ten or centre. One who can play in the back three. Yeah. Why do you bring your nine on? Like it, That's a great. It, re- it really. It seemed odd. It is odd. Now you put it like that. I've never thought of those angles. Yeah. It's and, and I think it was thirty points to five. They lost the second half. God. Yeah. Thirty. Well, it, yeah. It was thirty points to eight. They lost the second half, but after that change, oh, okay, I think it. Yeah. I think it was thirty so, points to five. On this, the last time that Leicester were beating Sale by that amount by half time, do you know who the Sale captain was? The last say again. The last time. The last time, Tigers were beating Sale by that amount at half time. Do you know who the captain was? Uh, Jason White. Nope. Sale captains of years. Jason Robinson. No. 
Uh, Charlie Hodgson. Did he ever catch him? No. Someone linked to today's game. Uh, Fernandez Lobby. Mm-mm. It was Wigglesworth. No. Unbelievably, it was um, Alex Anderson himself was captain of Sail Sharks. Mm-hmm. That, really? That day. Wow. Uh, also, I'm just trying to think who else was playing for. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, that day was also the day that um, Richard Wilkes was on the bench, who is now Leicester's director of elite recruitment. Mm. So there's a few things there. Very wow. good. I forgot to mention when we just talked about uh, Gloucester earlier, I took a picture of their team bus, um, specifically the number plate on the back of the team bus. It is GL05BUS. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gloss bus. There you go. That's brilliant. I love it. Nice. Very good. <laughs> no doubting that. Jamal Ford Robinson said hello, by the way. Oh, he, wonderful. Oh. How is he? He was, uh, uh, he, he was all right. He was there... He was one of the people that was the travelling reserve. Reserve. I don't know sure if that's the best job or the worst job. Does he have still? He still has to do the fitness at the end of the game, doesn't he? He has to do a bit of the fitness at the end of the game. But <clears throat> I think it was the worst job in this case because they had the four-hour delay and they were going to be out of their hotel at like midday, and the hotel had some space they could give them, and priority was given to the guys who were on the field. So Jamal Ford Robinson was one of the people that just kind of had to lie, bit. lie down. In the lobby. <laughs> Dear, that's no good. Just go for yeah. coffee with the boys. Yeah, coffee with the boys. Exactly. Um, great game, though. Great game. And maybe this game contains what will turn out to be try of the year. Well, there's two great tries in this game. What was it? The Radwan try was yes, awesome. that is very good, too. Although, Fortress has bounced the ball, um, but he finished it beautifully. But the one you're referring to, Resummit. It's isn't it? And do you know what was even more unbelievable about that? Austin Healy's commentary. So Austin Healy, like some sort of savant, says that, well, if they bring on Reese Zammett with the ball bouncing around and opening up, he'll easily score. <laughs> and he just comes <laughs> on and scores. Like, oh, what did Austin say? Yeah, OK, I'll go and do that. <laughs> How he knows these things is beyond me. But he does. Uh, he caught, caught it per- perfectly. I mean, I'm giving Austin Healy the credit for his Zammett's try. Austin Healy also pointed out how awesome Lewis Reese Zammett's legs are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are outstanding. Yeah. And, and he, he also pointed out he thought he had a, a ne- an extra gear to go. Like, he sort of cruised well, it. I wonder if he did, because <laughs> that, looks, that well. looks so easy as he was accelerating away from everyone. Yeah. It looked like he could go faster if he needed to. Christ, that boy is going to get some some offer from somewhere. And I doubt he gets some be, offers on his Instagram I DMs. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, and I, I bet the, the, the so-called Welsh market rate won't quite cut it. He he should be paid a lot of money. God, he's still only twenty. Oh my God. word! God. Yeah, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, good as Gloucester were, and they did their nuts and bolts brilliantly, and they have that little X factor. Newcastle were bad. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Newcastle's best performance. No. They they had no. a lot. They had a lot of fight um, when they were defending their line, time and time again, um, and they converted. The Radwan try was nice. The Carrera try was nice. And they scored le- really late on crashing over, didn't they, where they forced it. But, yeah, they, they didn't play great. No, they didn't play great for a bit. Yeah, though, it felt to me like the game got away from them, from, from them a bit. And as soon as it did, they started chasing. So Conan 
came back with that lovely over-the-top ball, which I liked. Mm-hmm. But then it felt like they were trying to do that too often and just forcing things, and that's what gave Gloucester their extra bit of edge. That, and I thought Billy 12 played bloody brilliantly. He did, yeah, he did. He had a good game. He, he played well. He's going to be busy the next few weeks. He is. Uh, this sounds mental. I think the Gloucester could win this whole competition. I mean, obviously, technically they could. Anyone Anyone could. could. But they're rapidly becoming my, my favourites to do so. Their pack is you know, hitting some stratospheric heights now. They can't be stopped in the mall, which gives them huge amounts of confidence, unless they actually don't hit their line-outs, which sometimes does happen. Their, their pack is so well-drilled. Yeah, they're drilled. Uh, I won't tell you what I told you prior to the podcast, but we discussed <laughs> some of the training methods that they use for the mall. Unorthodox. Unorthodox. And interesting. When you think through it, you can yeah, see why yeah. it's so effective. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they've got... Three friends of the pod who've uh, stood in for Phil in the Scott Mark Atkinson, Ed Slater, and Jamal Ford Robinson. So mm. great guys everywhere. Great guys all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. I hope they win it. I mean, it'd be great for them to win it. Yeah, because I don't think they've never won it. They've come top of the league before. A club like that not to win the Premiership yeah, is quite incredible. When was that? About two thousand four or something. Yeah. So I always remember that game because for me. Leicester showed them what the modern game was about and at that point the modern game was all about massive wingers so they had Rambini Rambini on one wing and Alessandro Tuolagi on the other so what did what did Gloucester do? Leslie Vinicolo Carl Price and Carl Price yeah Carl Price was massive he was monstrous and not very good yes which is a shame because he was a great rugby league guy and his brother, Leon Price, was amazing. Yeah. He, he, that, Leon Price was amazing until maybe only a few years ago. Yeah. He was really he was a good player. Oh, talking about uh, rugby league deities. Uh, <laughs> guess who was... Um, levi- 2003, they finished top. That's the one. Guess who was levitating around the AJ Bell today? Because he doesn't walk, he levitates everywhere now. Simfield. Sir Kev. Oh, Sir Kev. Like... He is, in rugby circles, he's what I call Carol Vorderman famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone flocks towards him. It's quite incredible. Because I, it, he just stands there, all quiet and meek, and everyone, everyone is starstruck. Everyone is starstruck. How could you not want to go out and not... It's, it's as much as you would, you would want to go out and play for him, but you would want to go out and go, in the back of your mind, I don't want to let Kev down. I don't want to yeah. let him down. And everyone wants to impress him. Everyone's like, hi Kev, hi Kev, hi Kev. Like, it's like he's been mobbed. Leicester, until today, just to, and this puts into context the turnaround and what Sale did, 19 tries conceded in 12 games. 19. Which is a phenomenal defence. Yeah, mm. isn't it? It is. Yeah, you know, I think they might look back at this Sale game. Yeah, it's a loss. I think they'll probably take a lot of, um, a lot away from it. Because they have been riding very high. Like, yeah. And they probably need a good kicking just two, to reset. Two defeats them. in three, though, now? Yeah, but yeah. I, this defeat was different, wasn't it? Because yeah. the Wasps' defeat was one point, and they think, yeah, we were in that, we should have won it. This, they'll look back and go, what happened? How we, did we lose it? Yeah, anyway. we should. And, and they ended up getting hammered. They were hammered. They were, at the, the end, they the were end, hammered. They were absolutely hammered. No, I mean, I still don't really understand how it happened. Uh, so. AJ McGinty, 100 up as well. What, what a man. I, yeah, he's such a good player. He might be. Oh, I know. There's so many lovely rugby people. But he I, is one of the most lovely. I just lovely, isn't love he? AJ McGinty. He's such a good player. He's such a nice bloke, but he's also such a good player. He's he's actually so important to that team. And obviously, he leaves next season. It's so important that they've replaced him with 
someone yeah. equally talented. George Ford? Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah, because if, if that was an unknown or, I don't know, they were bringing in... Who would, who would not inspire me? I don't know, Tommaso Allen or someone like that. If yeah. they're bringing someone of that calibre, or even someone like Danny Cipriani, now we know um, Danny Cipriani's trajectory over the last two or three years. Um, Shane Geraghty, Ryan Lamb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of the one of those. One guys. of the gang. Yeah, I would be so worried for that that whole same sale team. Well, I think AJ is so important, and I think his talent is one thing. I do genuinely think there's something in the fact that everyone likes him and wants to play for him that makes a huge mm. difference. I think there are a lot of flyhoffs out there which people understand are incredibly talented and therefore they have the spot I think with AJ yeah he is he's talented he's very very good but I think everyone wants to play for him and Mm. that makes a huge difference yeah when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, just a little interlude. Contact headchasers at gmail.com is our email address. We have a lot of listeners in America. So, uh, hello over the States. Oh, there's some playoff... Uh, uh, what's the playoff game tonight? Oh, NFL? Yeah. So you're asking me about ML, uh, no, MLL no, no, or something? No. I was like, I've got no idea, mate. MLR. Uh, MLR, whatever it is. Uh, it is Bengals and Chiefs. Yes. The Chiefs were up by seven points last time I checked. Oh, excellent. We're by 11 points at the moment. Uh, have oh, Bengals scored? It's done. Uh, it is 21-10 to <gasps> the Chiefs. 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 The Chiefs. Um, oh, by, sorry, are they, are, they, are they named after a, um, a Celtic Chief? The Dumnoni tribe yes of course by the way we had a chat today Phil with um, with with the gentleman who was going to be orchestrating and organising our New York live Mm. show and Six Nations event Big Rick last year which obviously had to be kiboshed but he is salivating at the prospect of doing it so watch watch this space Andrew Higgs and our other American listeners and anyone that might want to come across but uh, Andrew's question is uh, thanks so much for the wonder oh no don't any of that no, stop, stop with the compliments. Uh, long-time American rugby fan here with a potentially silly question. When teams in the lead at the end, end of the game, they invariably kick the ball into touch. Does it have to be a kick, or is it just tradition? Why don't they just throw it? Is it a fear of accidentally making a forward pass? Any no. insight greatly appreciated? No. It's because it's illegal. Yeah, you cannot deliberately throw the ball into touch. It would be a penalty to the opposition. Yeah. And if you kick a penalty out, well, it's penalty to you, and you don't want that. Yeah, so you have to tap it. So yeah, that that changed a few years ago, didn't it? Yeah. So well, that's that's what AJ so, McGinty did t- today. So you tap it. He tapped it first, and then and then kicked, kicked it. Because if you kick straight to touch, you have to play the line out yes. in the new rules. So because historically, if you rece- so until about three years ago, four years ago, if you received a penalty after the final whistle, 
that's still the end of the game yeah. unless you tap and go. So you yeah. can't kick for the corner, you have to tap and go. Um, they changed that rule right, for so. kind of obvious reasons. But yeah, you cannot throw it out. And I actually saw this in, in about under 16s or 17s. Um, <laughs> fortunately, we still won the game. But um, winning at the final whistle, I think we just scored to go up. We received the kickoff um, after the final whistle should have gone. It's 80, 80 minutes up. We received the ball, and the guy who caught the kickoff passes it into touch, which is immediately penalty opposition in our own 22. Uh, and we fortunately managed to defend it. So, the reason I remember this, and I do misremember things from this tour, for instance, I confused Manny Edmonds with Brock James. So, I couldn't believe Brock James was playing for so long, but actually, it was Manny Edwards back in the day. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I remember, do you remember Andrew Walker, was it, the fullback for the Brumbies? Mm. He's, an ab- he's an Aboriginal fella. Oh, yes. Yeah. Played for Australia. Played for Australia. Yeah, yeah util- utility back. Yeah, back, uh, back three mainly. But yeah, play across but the covered, I think covered 10 and 12. I am pretty well, sure I that think. he threw it into touch when the Lions played the Brumbies or the Brumbies A. Yeah, I'm sure Andrew Walker's playing, oh. Graham Bond was playing, and a few others. And to finish the game, I'm sure he passed it into touch. And like, uh uh uh, can't do that. Penalty. I don't oh. know when the law came in about you have to take the line out when you kick it into touch. But it uh, must Connacht Wasps in the it was, in yeah, it's the only Cup final. It's uh, not recent, Cup final. Hand Cup. Um, what, what's recently? What's Pools. mad about the, what's mad about that is I think the re- so I, I must we must have had a, a, a visionary rugby referee who was just years ahead of the game because in a county cup final when I was like under sixteen playing for Newbury and against Windsor in a county cup final and we were we were up and we had a we had a penalty and time was up and I just said just get it off the pitch and our fly half kicked it but back towards our own line that's fine that's allowed I know it's allowed yeah but the but ref, but the ref, the ref said no you've got, got to take the line out got to take the uh, line what <laughs> we, st- we still ended up holding uh. on but we had but it was that was dicey was, what now I, I've got to be careful what I say here because uh, you spoke about this before I spoke about it um, I'm uh, we just had the worst ref I have had in years refing us on on Saturday uh, in years was he was he an old boy was he an old un- boy unfit and his or? decisions weren't his decisions were pretty good actually to be fair to him his decisions were pretty except for a couple but it got to well no actually. It's a mixture, right? So some decisions he got wrong. And I can get, you get decisions wrong. I don't really have a problem with that. It was the attitude. So this wasn't like a bunch of kids playing. I can imagine if there's a bunch of kids playing and fights breaking out everywhere and just a little bit indisciplined, you'd say something like, you would say something like, um, I need to get a grip of this game, you know, because these guys are yobs. But actually it was two second teams and they were rammed full of like, either senior players over 30. Like everyone was there. It got to the point when he was penalising us and the Warrington players were going, oh, jeez, just let them play. <laughs> um, they were penalising. At one point, Warrington scored a try. It was the most nailed-on try I've ever seen, ever in my life. <laughs> Double movement. I was like, that is incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Another time, we were going into the line-out and it was our ball. And I was like, can we go, sir? Can we go? And he, he, he blew his whistle, looked at me and goes, will you stop? Talking to me, like I, I just want to know: can we go in the lineout or not? What do you want me to do? We are coach to go when there's two people in the lineout. Is there a mantra that's, that, that uh, a referee could say to themselves um, 
you know, short and catchy and snappy that might... Oh, give them an idea. Uh, yeah, so, but you could abbreviate it into some letters, couldn't you? Yeah. What would it be? <laughs> well, on a separate issue, mm, da- David, yeah. David Mullion has emailed contactedchasers at gmail.com and it's appropriate because he's a... Uh, he said he got one of his regular referee assessments today. He emailed this. Oh, OK. Mm. Uh, yeah, and um, he said they get assessed twice a season. So quite a big deal. He said his assessor in our post-game review gave me some critical feedback that I had almost got the record low number of penalties in a game. Why is that Why is that critical? Well, I, I maybe he was... Uh, if you missed loads, yeah. like loads of headshots. Or maybe... <laughs> may, happens. Maybe <laughs> it was just critical feedback. It doesn't mean it was... Yeah. Well, I suppose critical... Yeah, it could be constructive criticism. Could be constructive. Anyway, he'd awarded five per team as it happened. That's so, pretty yeah. disciplined. So obviously his assessor was like, "Well, that was very low." Um, he said he smiled and just said, "Let the boys play." That nice. could be the slogan. That could be the that, could, that could be the one, could it? They could use that. <laughs> but uh, he said that went down very badly. Uh, so, he's, <laughs> <laughs> so he's blaming us. If no, we will be played today if he gets de- demoted to lower level games. So we need more uh, rugby referee assessors. Listening to the pod, yeah, I do. That's what we need to target. Like, it sounds like that assessor would have loved your ref. Yeah. So on, I mean, to be fair, the refs' calls were actually. I was thinking back about it today. Like every call <laughs> that a referee made was correct. Yeah, that's just the well, way it is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is quite funny, right? So we had like a little bust up. Uh, the ball gets kicked because the wind goes fucking. Sorry, it goes miles. <laughs> uh, our fullback gets it. Some shenanigans take place where our fullback holds back one of their players, stone cold penalty um, against us, but it all flares up. And like as fists are about to fly, and as everything gets a bit, gets a bit tasty, within the huddle, all the players sort of remind each other that the refs are a bit of a dick. It's like he's <laughs> a bit of a dick. So it basically sorted itself out before the ref arrived <laughs> because we were worried that he's a bit of an arse. That makes him a good referee, does it not? Well, it's, it's good outcome yeah, yeah. as a consequence. <laughs> of, yeah. of I was like, well, his performance. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I've got this completely wrong. Maybe he's in the right and I'm in the wrong, and you know that'll be it. <laughs> boys, boys, settle down, settle down. He's coming, he's coming. <laughs> Just to continue this email thing, there's actually a question I don't know the answer to. Mm. I, I, I reckon JB's probably the person that will. Uh, will Butcher, contact headchasers at gmail.com. Love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God, uh, yeah, stop um, it. Standard Patreon reference, he says, additional content he would recommend. Mm. Thank you very much. Patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. He said, as we're on the eve of the most rugbyest time of the year, possibly with new listeners tuning in to savour the delights of the special occasion, the fair weather punter, if you will, I was wondering if you could help out and explain a new scrum change planned for this tournament. I wasn't aware of this. Mm. In fact, should I save this for the Six Nations pod? No, go for it. Oh, okay, fine. Um, He said, even though I consider myself more than the casual observer, I'm at a loss to explain the new scrum changes. I've read this, yeah. And I'm starting to get the the biggest of first world problems that feeling of anxiety that I may be may go down to the pub and someone asks me what's going on uh, so well he says all I can say at the moment is it's something about a hookers and a break, break foot, foot. Yeah. and I'll have to admit I don't actually know what a break foot is outside of a driving context so what's going on okay so from what I can tell nothing when a hooker sets up, the hooker is the first person into the into the scrum, and you've played much more hooker than I have, Tim. So it'll be nothing new to you. But hooker you crouches down, waits for the props yeah. to bind onto them. But yeah. if you think about your feet, they're usually staggered, and your front foot will be the foot which takes all the weight of your props. Your second stops runs. you moving forward. Stops you moving forward. Stops the whole pack moving. That forward. is the break foot. Now, what bothers me a little bit about this is, I don't think I've ever. I mean, I'm sure you can set up without a break foot, but I don't know how you would do it. So. It doesn't strike me as a change, to be honest. It sounds like what we do anyway. But maybe if there's an emphasis on having a very clear 
more exaggerated brake for that might stop axial loading because then you're not as close to each other. But I guess the problem with axial loading, by the way, axial loading yeah. is the act of the top of my head, if I'm a hooker, resting on Phil's shoulder if he's the opposing The opposite hooker, hooker, yeah. So you can sort of cut across. It, it, you have to see so you, it. So you put the weight of the pack through your hooker's yeah. neck and their head into the opposition hooker's shoulder. Exactly right. So you're using, to stop your pack pushing forward, you're using not only your brake foot, but also your head and neck and the opposition yeah. hooker's right, shoulder. Right, so stopping you using the hooker's head as like the brake, uh, as like the handbrake, if you yeah. will, before engagement. So I assume it's because of that. Now, the problem you have here is that axial loading is a consequence of the rule change which says you basically have to be ear-to-ear almost bound up to a scrum before to yeah. the to, hit. Yes. So you've got to pick your poison. Do you want a bit more of a hit or do you want less of a hit because hits mean the front rows bounce out and collapse or do you want a bit more axial loading and the thing about axial loading is that it will always happen because the most savvy of of hookers like if you ask a certain sail hooker how to you know utilize axial loading and really slice across the opposition hooker he'll show you and it's 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 scary looking it's legitimately scary looking so i was gonna say so this this law is you have to now use a brake foot which is designed to... So previously, you would either use a brake foot to stop the weight of the you and the seven men surrounding you, or you would use axial loading to stop you and the seven... So if you're, you're doing one or the other, yeah. now you, you have to do one of them, which should, should take... It should at least take the load off the axial loading, even if you try and get away with it. I can honestly say I've never set up into a scrum... Unless the brake foot, unless the brake foot has no, you can't do that either. I don't think you can anyway. Unless the brake foot has to stay in until the engage, but I can't see how you, that's what it's there. So when you remove it, we all go forward at the same time. So I'm just reading. So it will be mandatory for hookers in the men's, women's, and under twenty six nations to keep one foot forward during the bind phase of the scrum, acting as a brake. Yeah, a free kick will be awarded for a hooker not using a brake foot. Yeah, so bind and then set. The foot comes back. Everyone. Fl- forward that's exactly as it is now so maybe mm. they're just making sure that that's a more um what's the word for it uh well that's the standard that's the standard process yeah hmm. I, I don't think we'll see any uh, anything penalized for it i can't imagine i can't imagine it's Unlikely. better set up without or one. if they do it will happen loads in the first weekend like the when they said they were going to get the scrum put in straight again you saw a few free kicks and then they just didn't yeah. didn't ever bother again well if you're interested in this and i I appreciate none of you are, but if you are, and you don't play hooker, I suppose the problem with this: the only people that are interested are hookers, and they already know and all this. Rugby noises. Yeah, watch every hooker when they run to a scrum, and watch how they stand there alone, like mm. almost like a statue. And with one leg, that, yeah, yeah, one leg back, one leg forward, and then arms in the air to bind. Yeah, and that is the break foot that does not move until they go hit or whatever it is. Yeah. Crouch bind. Crouch. I can't even remember what they are. Do you know, it's been so... Engage? Is it engaged still? No, it used to be engaged. Uh, it's one of those things, you do it every single week, and I still get the old one. <laughs> so what was the old one? It's crouch bound set, set. now. Yeah. What was the other one? Something, something. It was, engage. Uh, there, was, there was crouch, touch, touch engage. engage. Yeah, it's crouch, touch, engage. That was my favourite one. Well, crouch, bind, set. Might crouch, bind, set. Crouch, bind, set. Yeah, that's, 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 that's now. now. Yeah, yeah. Engage is such a Engaged. cooler word than when you, set. When you watch back from like that, the 2013 era of the real engages, massive. Where Adam, so where Adam cool. Jones Huge was the best tight head in the world. 
because that hit they, they, they stood, it now seems obscene they were stood so far apart and you've got the you've got the break foot but you've almost got the second rows and the number eight pulling back on the front row yeah. so that when you've got the, the hit they both fly forward and, it's so unstable and the number eight you know, so Ireland used to build their scrum from the number eight because the theory being is if the number eight starts all the pushing, well, the prop's going to push, so everyone's pushing. Mm. Whereas if you build from the props, there's a good chance that there's some social so, loafing. You love the phrase social loafing. Social loafing. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a lot of social loafing goes on in uh, CrossFit boxes when you have big groups of people. Oh, lots of it. Hey, do you want to know about some social loafing that happened this this week on Twitter? Yeah, come <laughs> on, go, go there. Come on, come on then. Come on. Let's talk about your sluicing. Well, yeah. it wasn't just me. I can't give credit to the other person involved in this. But let's let's paint some you background. You could, story. but they wouldn't want you to. Yeah, they wouldn't want me to. <laughs> uh, let's just paint some background here. So we packed up our podcast last Sunday. Yeah. And I think last Sunday a hashtag started trending. I'm not going to tell you what the hashtag was because I don't actually think it's fair. Um, and I'm not even going to tell you the name of the individual that posted it, other than say he was a complete civilian, a complete rugby nobody, and he tweeted that his son had been bullied. No, no, his son's picture had gone up on Facebook, and then from there, somebody on Facebook has trolled him by saying his son was too big to play rugby, and that it was not healthy for him to do so. So he took the picture down from Facebook, put it onto Twitter, the notoriously friendly site Twitter, with this little sob story about what happened, and from that point on, this story just caught fire. And ostensibly, it was a story about a kid who has been bullied online, his dad had called it out, and before you know it, Australia had retweeted, the All Blacks had retweeted, Nigel Owens was going to ref one of his games. World Cup winning captain, Sia Khaleesi. had left him a message. Posted him a message. And, yeah. You know, the, the whole thing went absolutely wild. Now... <laughs> Which, I mean, so far, that's what a what a lovely reaction well, to, yes. a, to, a, a, to someone in the rugby fraternity who might be feeling a little bit vulnerable. I completely agree. Uh, and that's exactly what everyone hoped that it would be. But my spider senses were tingling. In fact, they were tingling quite a lot. So the first thing which gave it away for me was when I went on to this guy's profile, and this is going to be controversial to some people, but this is just my line of thinking, and this is how I came to my conclusion. First thing I saw, mental health activist. I thought, this always happens to them. So, well, <laughs> even, before, even before that, we're all fathers now. Yeah. And, yeah. and the one thing I said in a WhatsApp group is, it's a strange thing to do if this has happened, because if, if that were my son, and that, ha- and that had happened in that way, then it, the conversation which the, the dad had... On Twitter, as in, you're, I'm your biggest fan, you're a star. That's the conversation I would, I would <laughs> yeah. have had at home. 100%. This is exactly... So, this is what really set me off. I was like, hang on a minute. You've got a picture of your son, and you've been abused on Facebook. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but when you put it on Facebook, it's what, was it your friends? Was it your family? Yeah. Was it a member of your rugby club? Was it a member of an opposition rugby club? And if it was a member of an opposition rugby club, I mean, rugby's fairly, you know, we're fairly... Op- um, Self-policing. Yeah, and accepting of larger, larger oh, individuals. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. is, this is literally where you should be. This is this yeah. is the perfect home for you. I just can't imagine it happening. But let's just say it did happen, and then you're really affected by it. Why would you then take that picture from the more friendly social media site onto a site which is notorious for being nasty? 
and also not post the original comment. Mm. So I thought it still is like, this does not make a shred of sense to me whatsoever. And I would also say, there's I don't know how many examples you need of... Well, Jussie Smollett, the, Co- <laughs> the Covington kids, yeah. um, various other stories which appear one way, go viral on Twitter in that fashion, and then people have to hit the reverse. Yeah, and I just ignored this. I ignored this for a long time. The only thing I did is I actually contacted everyone in the media that I know, saying, just be a bit careful. Unless you've checked this story out, do you know the kid has been bullied? Do you know that this, do you know that this is real? Okay, so um, eventually Wales did a tweet with all their front row with a, a shirt for this kid and you know some inspirational message. And at that point, I've had like, right, enough, enough. I need to check the story uh, because at this point, Rob- Rugby Pass had come out with not Rugby Pass, Rugby Paper had written a story saying kid gets trolled on social media, awful rugby, um, awful rugby trolling. And I'm thinking now that. This is wrong in a couple of ways. If this hasn't been checked by anyone, the first and most important thing is it is dragging the name of rugby through the mud and feeding into this narrative that we're all you know, social media trolls and everything is horrible and rugby clubs are awful and all, uh, and, um, and all the rest of it. The second thing is, if this thing isn't true, you have taken the tweet of a father about his son... The son hasn't actually given anyone permission to do this or is not responsible for it. And then you've amplified it across hundreds of thousands, if not millions of different people. So this has now, all, now already happened. And then, unfortunately, as okay, is always yeah, the Can way, you imagine being a 12-year-old kid? This and, is and, it. And, and you being bullied for being a big unit yeah. was, was worldwide. Yes. I mean, you're, mm. you're, you're, that's, I hadn't really thought about that. that point, I mean, this right. is the bit which really, really got me. It's like, there's a child protection issue here. You've not checked the story. By the way, uh, spoiler alert, story turns out to be a complete and utter lie. This never, the abuse never actually happened. Um, and then, even worse, the father uh, turns out that he's got some rather unsavoury comments on Twitter, to put it mildly. Mm. Now, we're not talking about. You know, and inc- this is the way that I read it. There are various types of racism. Um, there are things which are said which you shouldn't say, um, and there are, there's there's this and the sort of insults he was making basically implied that people of a different race are lesser, and that, and that and that was the gag. Now, the only way I can defend him, the only way I can defend him, and I'll say that I do this, is sometimes you make a joke in the presence of people you know. And you say the most outrageous slur or whatever it is as shock value. And the, the gag is, of course, you don't mean that it's shock value, but you'd never say it on Twitter. And the only defence I can think of is, as a private individual 10 years ago, he was using Twitter as it was, like, you know, communicating to his close friends. That is probably the best way that I can describe, you know... if I was Yeah, that, that would be the most That's charitable the most cha- possible yeah. explanation. And I... I don't think it deserves. I don't think it, is that. I don't think it deserves that charity, to be honest. Frankly, no. looking at the but, the posts, yeah. Uh, and what he's done is he's obviously been upset by someone posting about his son because the post does take away from the success of his son. It says that they should divide children up into weight categories, rather as they than, do, in, yep. as they did, in, yep. or tried in Australia or New Zealand. New Zealand. It yep. says that the son is very strong and very powerful, but never says that, he, that he's unhealthy. Never says never says anything like that. It's an absolute nonsense what the father said. But, you know, sometimes you go to twist and sometimes you embellish a story because you're really angry. So maybe I can see that. And then the whole thing just get like just like just just gets away from the guy. Premiership rugby. 
Premiership <laughs> Rugby have now given the son and his very dubious father two tickets to the, to the Premiership final. Well, they offered it before the, <laughs> the hist- before the backstory before the racism, sexism, and, homo- and homophobia, uh, and fat shaming, <laughs> and fat shaming, all the things. All is why is it always a mental health activist. Anyway, um, so. I got on the phone to, phone to Premiership Rugby, <laughs> as I'm apt to do. You occasionally like to pick up the phone to Premiership <laughs> Rugby, don't you? It's like, guys, you can imagine that they're going, it's happening again. Oh, He's no. Calling. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this is astonishing, right? So I do get that there are individuals out there, really kind-hearted individuals, like Nigel Owens, I'll point him out, mm. who just want to make a difference. Like, he can yeah, be and do something nice. annoying and all the rest of it, but he wants to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. There's, there's those guys... Nothing wrong with that. And then there, there, are, there are the guys who are, who are paid hundreds of thousands of pounds to protect the image of the game and leagues and everything else. Protect and promote. Yes. And these guys have not only let down their own sport, their own leagues, but in my mind, they've put a child at actual danger. I really think that they are... I mean, and I don't mean physical danger. I don't mean someone's going to attack him. I mean danger in the sense of... He was a nobody this time last week. His image has been magnified. Literally tens if not hundreds of millions of times now on the, fa- on the fact of a lie they've given him two tickets presumably they'll have to retract the tickets because A the story isn't true or B his dad's a racist I mean which is the better option for this kid and it could all have been avoided if there was just one person at the All Blacks at the Springboks at the RFU at Premiership Rugby particularly at, uh, at Premiership Rugby uh, uh, who bothered to check or or, or actual journalists at national newspapers who well, to be, to be honest, put the story out. I'm not sure that any nationals pick, picked it up. They fair. did. Uh, which one? Daily Mail, I think. Sun may have done. Yeah, I there's didn't a, notice. There was, a, there, was a, there, there, was, there was some national stories. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? So I actually messaged the rugby paper and I gave them a list of questions. Have you checked this? You know, what is the story? Have you seen the original post? I asked them all these questions. Guess what? Two blue ticks on Twitter... Nothing back. Premiership Rugby, did you check this? Well, we just thought it was a nice story. It's not your job to think it's a nice story. It's your job to check it. It's your job to check it. And they have the nerve to say something like, JB, before you start, just remember there's a kid involved. And I'm like, I know there's a kid involved. That's why I'm voting. You let the kid down. You let everybody down. And as the people that are paid the most in rugby to promote the brands, who have let everybody down. I think it's incredible. You can, you can understand how something like this gets out of hand, and also it's that um, it's that kind of the I'm trying to think of the right word. But when you see all those big institutions with a blue tick next yeah. to their name doing it, you kind yeah. of you, you would feel safe in doing likewise. So I think everyone had the best of intentions, but I think this is but once again just a, a little lesson that Twitter. Is just. Yeah. Well, you, I don't you, you need to be well. Well, no. I, I, it's Twitter in this case was the good guy, I think, because Twitter showed the power of a good story and loads of good people getting around to help out an individual. Yeah, but this, this could be the, flipped around. This could be a, a negative story about yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, think, yeah, fair, think, fair, fair, think, fair. think Cipriani yeah. the, the other week and how he yeah, had to come yeah. out and he had he had journalists yeah, outside his front door. And the, the, my point being, without facts. The, what's that phrase about the a lie can go round the world before yeah. the, tr- truth has got before the truth on. has got yeah. his boots on? And that's exactly yeah. what happened. But I, I still can't get... I mean, they should have checked the profession. I'm not a trained journalist by any stretch. No part of me would ever have touched a story unless I'd have checked it. 
And the fact that other people had it astounds me, particularly when they're paid so much to, to look after various leagues. Can I just tell you one side story, which is kind of linked, but it's not really to do with this. On my phone call to Premiership Rugby, they said, JB, why do you care about the Premiership? I was like, what kind of question is that? I've spoken about this Premiership consistently for nine years. I was like, well, because I find the Premiership really interesting. That's what I cover. What? You find the Premiership more interesting than the All Blacks? I was like, hang on. Who's jo- who has which job here? Who has which job? It's your job to find the Premiership interesting, not mine. Not mine. If I, if I was selling Mercedes cars <laughs> and a customer came in and wanted to buy Mercedes, why are you not buying a Porsche? Because I like Mercedes. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, do you what? It's just, it's just a yeah, shock. But there's a Porsche 911 down the road. <laughs> it's like, it's just a shock that I found the, I didn't find the All Blacks as, as interesting as a Premiership Rugby. It's like, do you not know the storylines that go on? Do you not know the effort that goes in? How hard the players play? Two things can be true at once. You, you can quite legitimately say for Premiership Rugby, do you know, or, or anyone... Do you know what we saw all those other people doing it and I we just I, I just assumed everything was you know, cool. Yeah. And and also you can say, I hold my hands up, next time do you know what I'm just gonna check the veracity of uh, of something. Do you before. know that is exactly what they should I mean they didn't say that at all. They said absolute nonsense, which I won't repeat because it, just, it would take too long. But actually that's the way is isn't it? We've given away two tickets, we were completely wrong, we didn't check the story, but do you know what? We don't ban people on the strength of social media posts ten years ago. Uh, and next time we will make sure that you know make sure that the story's real. And, and that's it. Mm. Game over then, isn't think, it? Uh, that's the, it's all it takes. The overwhelming thought I have about the whole thing is and whatever angle you look at it whether it's that what was claimed to have happened happened or whether it didn't happen and there's some dubious things in the past just the poor lad that's exactly it that's, exactly, that's probably why I'm as more angry with the Premiership because he didn't acknowledge it either they would not acknowledge that they let that they let everyone down particularly the young lad particularly the young lad who from what I can tell never has to be put on social media never has to be mm-hmm. amplified and now has it, had it all taken away and they should have checked that's all it, t- it would have taken two minutes to uh, two minutes to check and just to confirm just to reaffirm the the point that we all know if you go along to a rugby club on a Sunday is it is the most welcoming place in your community for every child and parent so get down there exactly right yeah. exactly 100% right. and check your stories that's the other one <laughs> <laughs> check your stories there's another bit of news that got you a little bit excited this week, wasn't the JB? Oh, well. If well I... b- b- before we just get before we just get into that and linking to that, we've got an email here from Andy in Droitwich in Worcestershire. Mm. Ooh, oh, I know where this is. Contact chases at gmail.com. He says, hi, gu- hi guys, love the pod, blah, 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 etc., etc. Here's a cafe in Droitwich, less than five miles from Six Ways. It opened four or five months ago. Did they know something? And it's called Diamond, Diamond Coffee. Coffee. Yes. Well, did they know something or... <laughs> Is it the big man himself no, extending he, his range of business? No, because you know what he'd, what, what he'd call it? Top four coffee. Or maybe it'll change its name <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs> Could he ever legitimately call something top four coffee if you've never achieved it? Well, the only reason to achieve it is because of one game against Worcester, <laughs> ironically. Uh, as, as, we've said, as we've said many times, if you're waiting for a last-minute penalty or a last-minute yeah, well, try to decide your fate, that was, you've, that was, you've messed up for the preceding 78 minutes or the preceding 21 right. games I mean, of the season. they shouldn't have been going partying with students. They shouldn't have they done shouldn't that. They COVID as well. They Definitely not. <laughs> Let me be very clear on this. If the last story got me animated, this one got me excited. <laughs> In a world where rugby language is so monotonous and dull, 
we're together, it's a team, we learn, we take our learnings. <sighs> Steve Diamond's back. And so, it, so I, yeah. the, sto- the story, um, only, only weeks after um, Ed Griffiths was paid as a consultant to um, consult Bath, and somehow <laughs> the report included the line, give me a job, <laughs> Steve Diamond was brought on board as Ruby to Consultant write I mean, the clock to write ticking. a report. Jonathan Thomas on, knew what was coming. On how to solve the problem. And actually, this, this is even more remarkable, because he's convinced them, in the, embedded in that report was, give me two jobs. Yes. <laughs> because he's not only taken... Jonathan Thomas role as head coach. He's also uh, at the end of the season or for next season, kicking Alan Solomon's out and becoming director of rugby. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon they were reading the report and like, yep, training facilities need to be improved? Of course they do, Steve. Wi-Fi is very good. Yes, Wi-Fi. we know that. <laughs> in the, a couple of in the academy rooms. house. Big South Africans. Oh, yeah, fine. Uh, what's this bit there? Two jobs. <laughs> two jobs going to Steve. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Game coach. of Thrones dip, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's so unbelievably predictable. It, no, <laughs> no one could say this was not going. To, like, not the number one thing that was going to happen you don't out, out let of this. A fox into your hen house. Yeah, you don't do that. The owners, the owners must have known this was. A, not just a possibility, the the only likely outcome of this. Yeah. And they must have uh, planned, and this would have been ultimately what they wanted, really. Yeah, look, they've seen Diamond is available. I have no doubt about it. He is the best man for this job. It's very sad for Jonathan Thomas. Really sad. I think yeah. Jonathan Thomas is a really good guy. That's, that's the bit that I'm actually most uh, disappointed at, because Jonathan Thomas, nice guy, speaks well. It's a, it is a good role, a good opportunity yeah. for him. I would have almost rather... Solomon steps aside, Diamond comes in, maybe Diamond a bit more control over the, the rugby side of things and maybe makes a couple of appointments in the the rugby side of things, new defence coach, new scrum coach, whoever. going to be there to defend the honour of the Kitchener family? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great it. question. Kitchener's still, still, still going to be there. Well, are, are the Kitcheners boys that good? Are they the kind of guys that um, Diamond wants? Do you know, I don't know. I mean, From I, that good a home? That's it. Well, I mean, that probably plays against them. Exactly. To, to, be, to be fair. Exactly. Well, uh, the, if you haven't watched Steve Diamond's first press conference, just go and watch it. It's, it's so good fun. It it's was great so fun. fun. By the end of it, I was like, just go and get me my Worcester jersey. Let me run through some walls. <laughs> I'm good to no, go, coach. It was. So, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, I've missed Dimes. I'm looking forward to interviewing him again. Yes. Just honesty and authenticity and. Actually, I mean, Jonathan Tom- Thomas would have winced a few times watching it because... Well, let's, let's summarise some of the things he says. He says, well, so, some guys had, the, uh, had had one idea of how to do it, and I've got a good way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. He was, he ke- it was um, noticeable that he kind of kept throwing his predecessors under the bus and then like kept saying, oh, but they've done a great team, a great great job, and there's, there's a lot of learnings, a lot of positives coming out of that after he's just thrown them under the bus yeah, multiple yeah. times. Other things I loved was, um, oh, I'd say we got one of the best tens around, Finn Smith. I don't know what Eddie Jones is doing with that, what's fancy. that lad with, with a fancy name, Orlando <laughs> Bailey. Hey, Finn Smith is where it's at. He's got a point, you know. He's got a point because Orlando Bailey played fifteen and Finn mm. Smith played ten. Dimes well, knows his stuff. That, that I think I said it last week, but that, that is something that Eddie Jones actually referenced the versatility of Orlando Bailey and o- and other players yeah. and, uh, ahead of a World Cup. What else did he say? My job is ultimately to make twenty-five lads give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's right, you know. I mean, he's built a whole career on this. I think 
I think next year, because A will be up to the salary cap, it might take them a little longer than next year to get going. I can see top half of the table uh, uh, for Worcester. And not because they've got a particularly good squad, and to be honest, not because I think Diamond is going to come in and revolutionise everything like Jose well, Mourinho. He's, he's bringing in loads, uh, a bunch of South Africans revolutionary anymore. It's not really, is it? It's a tried and well, tested... now we're talking wow. about something interesting, aren't we? So... It does sound like he's got his eyes on some of Sail Sharks lads, doesn't it? It does mm-hmm. sound like that. I, I and Do wants his brother there with him. So, well, uh, Ak- Aka van der Merwe and maybe the, the Dupree twins. I think I think it might be a win-win because Sale needs unless, to unless, unwind unless. the EQP mm. problem. I counted what five lads they had today starting here at English. Mm. So yeah. you know AJ's out the door, so Ford will replace him. Yeah, so that, one of the second positive. rows could go. Hill Hill will replace him. Yeah, so that's two good English yeah, appointments, although two, two expensive English appointments. I mean, even the guys who are... So, let's go through this. It was Luke James today. Luke James and Roebuck started in the back line. Yeah. Will Cliff as well, that's three. John O'Ross, four. Well, John, yeah, John O'Ross yeah. is ben, EQP. Ben, ben Curry, Curry, five. And Ross Harrison, Ross Harrison six. six. Yeah. Now, you know, you are stretching it a bit with... John O'Ross. Uh, John O'Ross, but, but he's, he's, he's EQP. Yeah, rules. so he, he, but I'm he pretty sure Joe Jones is Welsh... Who came on? Sam McIntyre is, Engl- uh, is English. He's not Welsh capped. He's EQP. EQP. He is yeah. EQP. Yeah. Well, good point. Uh, well spotted. And Reedy. Yeah. So yeah, they, you know, they do Gus, others. Gus War. Is he not Scottish? But he's def- yeah, it'd definitely be EQP. Yeah. So they need to unwind a lot of the South African legacy. And I EQP think- means English qualified player, by the way. Yes. Thank, thank yes. You. And I think Dimes would be very interested in taking all sorts of lads. I think Barry McGuigan might, might be one. I think Kuni Ustazen might be one. I think the Dupree lads might be two there. How do they do that deal? Do they say, like... I mean, do Sale let them go, but they've got to take Rob? So Sale definitely want to jettison Rob. <laughs> I, I don't know. They, they, they keep, do you know what? They no. keep picking him. Yeah. Do you know what? I asked this question today. I asked Alex Anderson. I didn't say... Why is Rob Dupree playing as such? But I said, look, you've obviously got a healthy competition there between the excellent Sam James and Rob Dupree. Can you just tell us about the thinking and the, and the competition? He said, actually, Rob is playing week in, week out at a higher standard. But more importantly, we train at a, mo- a higher intensity and Rob, is, Rob deserves a position. And all you can say is, I'm not at training. And he mm. is. So there you go. Yeah, I'm still not seeing it. I mean, I'm look, still not seeing Rob Dupree in that 13 jersey. We can joke about him, but I'll take Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. thing that Steve Diamond has proven several times that he can do is build a squad. And in a world with a £5 million salary cap, not a £6.5 million salary cap, he is the perfect man. Now, I don't... Potentially, and you've already referenced Mourinho, yeah, potentially in a Mourinho fashion, he might not be one that's... Uh, 10-year Rob Baxter yeah. kind of guy but if you just want someone for a few years build you a squad and get you towards where you want to go I completely agree I think he's going to do absolute wonders for Worcester Worcester can look I think they'll get five wins this year and next year they'll get eight mm. I mean that sounds that you know, doesn't sound great but believe you me a lot of teams would like, would like eight, eight, eight wins, wins. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the same with every boss every organisation whatever you're talking about but certainly rugby clubs the team starts to resemble the man in charge. And you can see that Leicester are hard-nosed, workmanlike, a little bit horrible when they need to be. And and Steve Diamond's sides always end up resembling him. Just tough. Hard. Hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, bit old school. Bit old school, yeah. But, but it, no, the no, thing is, he's not old school. But old, old school's there's good and bad about old school. Yeah. Like old school can mean the ignoring um, safety side of things and push, uh, driving people into the ground. It can also mean just grit and determinism and work ethic. Old, old yeah. school. I'm not yeah. going. I'm not going to give you a cliche. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Yeah. I, I'll tell yeah. you something, right? Um, I'll give you an example from Glasgow Warriors. Glasgow Warriors, about five years ago, started having mindfulness sessions in the cafe and meditation and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to get that from from, from <laughs> Steve Diamond. And I think a lot of rugby now, we all know what it is. We all know what drives people. We all know what makes young men want to play it, but we don't want to say it. Uh, so we cover it up with other sort of language, like, oh, we want to show their vulnerability. Vulnerability is just a different word for bravery, isn't it, really? When you, you know, when you think about it Diamond just says it exactly as it is you need to be hard you need to be brave these are the values that we actually care about we, we hide it now like work rate is still acceptable but other than that none of these sort of masculine terms are, are particularly acceptable when you're on a rugby field you're allowed to want to go out and hurt someone that's exactly what you within need within the laws mm. yep yep and we don't want to talk about that it's it, reckless that, 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 you're right that, for some people that is verboten you shouldn't say it Yep. You shouldn't you shouldn't even think it. But that's that is the reality. That is why particularly young men love playing rugby. Love playing rugby because the, and if you you can trace that back psychologically evolutionary back to the very survival of the human race. Yeah. Yep, you are. Being like that is why we're why we're here now. Yeah. And Diamond knows this. The worst will be fine and I'm envious of what you've got to come. Let's put it that way. Hmm. You can um, start following Worcester. No, I'm a neutral. <laughs> they didn't have a particularly good game this week, though. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They, they had chances. They just they, yeah. they, they didn't take thirteen twenty nine bonus point win for Northampton Saints. Worcester get nothing out of the game. Mm. Disappointingly, because Northampton lose a few guys, not a huge amount, but they, they do lose a few players, and they're not as strong, and they lose certainly more than Worcester do. They can tear teams apart when they when they want to though, or if if a defense isn't quite on it, mm. they'll they'll punish you. I'll tell you who's playing well, and I only saw the highlights of this game, not the full game. But he played well oh, last week or last time I watched uh, Northampton against Ulster. He played well. He's played well the last few games. Hutchinson, Grebler. After adding a few, he had an amazing explosion onto the scene. Got capped by Scotland, and he's had maybe two two and a half probably poor seasons. I think he's some of his running now is really he's such yeah. a nice balanced runner. He's a balanced runner, yeah. Mm. yeah no, I like him. And also, as much as we say Northampton, they're not quite there. They're not quite tough. They're not hard. They're they're joint third effectively. They're on forty three points along with Quinns and uh, no, 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 no. Oh no, Gloucester. It's Gloucester and Quinns. Yeah, those are at forty three. Forty three. Northampton on 41. forty. Forty. Okay. Forty. Yeah. Well, the, but they're right. They're, they're right, right there. there. They're, they're right, right there. there. I think yeah. Northampton. Well, they, they can with the right win. They can move in second. Yeah. I think right Chris Paul is going to leave Northampton with all the right things in place. I don't think his style of play is quite right for the Premiership, and I don't think he's kind of, you know, he's sort of mastered that. But I think what he's left in place for Dowson to take over, Northampton are going to become an absolute force. When Dowson takes over the whole thing uh, with the foundations that Boyd, Boyd has left, you can expect some fireworks, and I can't wait for it. I think Dowson mm. is exactly what they need. Mm. And two. Really good tight head props. Yeah. That, maybe a tight head lock. Yeah. Yeah, that as well. Vincent Cock. Why didn't they sign Vincent Cock? He was available. Yeah. 
that's another great signing isn't it Wasp, Vincent Cott for Wasps is a great great well, signing that leads us on to Wasps beating, beating Saracens did you see any of this I've not managed no. to see any of this ok so I picked Wasps to win this weekend based on one factor Launchbury Fafita and Stook all starting I was like yeah well that, that first me. one Launchbury although he's just back but I he mean played, he only played 40 minutes did he what the yeah, first 40 yeah, yeah. and who came on instead of him Gaskell nice I yeah. just think big men win games mm. and Engl- big- England are missing him yeah Eng- Launchbury and Cruis yes. who could both be available uh, this time next year that would make a big difference to England wouldn't it yeah, it really would um, I, I just look at Saracen's big big man they just didn't have the quality available to them I'm sure mm. they played very well I don't know I didn't, didn't see the game but yeah and for Fita's class that's the other thing as well uh, Lizzo, um, Mark McCall <coughs> wish him the best he's taken a break yeah. as the OR yeah I yeah, really I hope he's okay anymore about this. Just, he's, yeah. he's gone for a while and you yeah. know, get well soon see you for a short, short period of time short but unspecified period of time yeah see you when you're back yeah, correct. Uh, but but he did one thing. He did say when he was chatting uh, last is he he was asked about Alex Lazowski, who will soon qualify for Italy now un- under the new World Rugby guidelines. But apparently he's very much committed to England. So there are some very trendy things going on at the moon, and one of them is finding people who are qualified for Italy and seeing if they'll play for Italy. Lazowski is one. Liner is obviously always smoking doggers. About. Doggers. They should really stop. Do you know if you were going to make them play for Italy, the way you do it is not ask them individually. Put them in a group, in, in like a WhatsApp group. Like, like <laughs> just all drop them in there. With, yeah, just drop with, Jake, with Jake Pledry. With Jake Pledry, and you think, hang on, and I've Callum got, Braley. I've got some boys here. I've got some absolute boys, and before you know it, and Stephen Varney. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, have I made that up? No, yeah, you're right. yeah. Pay, pay for all those boys to have like. I don't know, five, five, five days in Marbella together. Five days yeah. in Prosecco re- or Naples. region. Yeah, Naples. And then, yeah. like when the when like the beer talk Sicily. kicks in, like, do you know what, boys? We could really win something together. Yeah, and that's how you bag them. Be the good, <laughs> co- yeah. That that's it. Done. Hmm. <laughs> so I think we're done up, are we? We've uh, done TikTok. We've done Diamond. We've done social media scandals. We've done the Premiership. Do we have some games next week? Are there games next week? Let's have a quick look. What was um, there are? What was some? Uh, um, we had a, just an email that that was titled CrossFit Open. What was that about, JB? Because you replied to it. What? Well, on. Did we have one back saying CrossFit Open? Oh no! Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, tell you the I tell you the one which we had. We had an email, and I'm so sorry I can't remember the name. And I really wanted to. Somebody emailed us telling us that he's going to make his debut in National Three, uh, and that he was in his thirties. Which I think is awesome. Uh, I wish I could dig that email out. In fact, I'll try and dig it out for the Six Nations uh, podcast because it, it was brilliant. Ab- absolutely brilliant. Um, before we go, um, some local rugby news. Yeah. So, Kendall were uh, slayed by Broughton Park. Mm. Uh, Talk H this week did not have a game because Liverpool Collegiate could not raise a front row. And this is starting to worry me a bit because Stockport... Uh, which is same level, I think, level 7, level 6, level 6, uh, who are top of that league, also didn't have a game because somebody couldn't raise couldn't, c- couldn't raise the team. Mm. Sale FC, um, just about just beat won. Leeds. Yeah, against Leeds Psych. Sedgley won? Uh, no game. Uh, it was postponed against Bourneville. 
What, hap- <laughs> what happened Bless between uh, Darlington, Moden Park and Leeds Tykes, a Yorkshire derby? No, Leeds, no, played, Leeds sale. played Sale. Oh, Leeds played Sale. Yeah, Leeds played Sale. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, we got an email from... Uh, from Andrew from uh, Darlington and he was just putting one he said oh if you wanted to cover uh, a game in National 1 Darlington Moden Park played Leeds on the 22nd of April 7.30 kickoff on a Friday night oh there we yeah, go nice one on a Friday night that is a good that is a good game that is a good game that is a good game yeah um, who else do we know uh, I think did, did, did Huddersfield play did, don't know I've got a feeling Huddersfield uh, uh, and Chester lost as well did Preston Preston, that's what Preston had a great win away at uh, Billingham. Billingham. And next week, this is the one I want to talk about. Next week is Blackburn. Preston Blackburn. That is massive. At Preston. Yeah. This league, I'm telling you now, this is the league. If you're just, you know, kind of dipping in and out of uh, of rugby, this is a cracking standard for a start. There's some big names there and it is it's not it's not next week, it's the week after next. It's the 12th of February. Is it? 12th of Feb. Preston Blackburn. I thought it was this week. To, to be fair, uh, well, uh, this is um, this is Preston's website, uh, Preston Grasshopper's website. They've got it down as the twelfth of Feb. So I tell you what, that league in particular, there is a there, there is a clearly a problem. The top half of it is absolutely excellent, right? The bottom half of it, the, the bottom three teams, for their own sake, need to be relegated because the gulf between the top and the bottom is massive. But they're locked in for another season. They're locked in. So Burnage, Northwich. Uh, Lonsdale, they are they are in for a long, painful, <laughs> rude season of pain. Pain. That reminds me of Rocky Three when yeah. uh, Clubber Lang, Mister T, is uh, being interviewed. What's your prediction for the fight, Clubber? Mm-hmm. My prediction: pain. <laughs> yeah. I, I do you know it can't be doing those boys any good because I've trained at Burn, uh, Burnage uh, once or twice, and they're really good, good bunch of boys. A super talented set, set of backs. Uh, and they're getting panned. Like Northwich is not particularly a massive club, but they've put out some good teams in um, in the past, and they're getting panned. Is Northwich the one that the Curry boys went to, or is it? No, that's Crew at Nantwich. Ah, uh, Nantwich. So uh, Northwich is where I was going to say Ruskin Park. It's not. It's Link Park, which are next door to it. Ruskin Park is in like um, is in. Uh, it's like Liverpool way. It's something else. Winnington Park. That's Winnington Park. So Winnington Park and Northwich, uh, Nantwich are literally next door to each other. Like, they play on adjacent, like, like adjacent fields. Uh, they need to go down immediately. And Kirby Lonsdale, another really excellent team. Love, l- lovely place. Great rugby heritage. But they are desperate for relegation. They need to go down and be playing Kendall and Broughton Park and Firstwood Waterloo and all those boys. But. Because we need to make rules to su- suit the top of the game, means that the bottom of the game will also be um, will also be uh, compromised. They should come to some sort of sorry, I'm rumbling now, but they should come to some sort of compromise <laughs> with the leaders of level six. So if you want to go down and stop, what want to go up and Manchester want to go up or whoever it is wants to go up, they should just say, yeah, can we just swap? Because this makes sense for everybody involved. Yeah, there should be a dis- an open discussion like that. Yeah. There's no, there'd be no shame in it whatsoever. Yeah, and you, you would benefit all of those clubs. <coughs> I agree. Just but, finally, on, oh sorry, go. On. Yeah, I was just going to say, but you know, don't get too, too don't get too comfortable in level six because next year, level six will be the home of Didsbury Talk H, and we all uh, run oh. that league. 
championship, just quickly, uh, wins for Jersey Reds, Cornish Pirates and Doncaster. Ealing's game was postponed, so that means there is once again three points between the top four sides in the hunt for wow. that premiership so spot. Just add Ealing's, just add five points to Ealing for, for argument's sake. What does that make the table look like? Uh, that makes uh, Ealing, if, if they'd have got five points, which they would have done because they would have been playing bottom side London Scottish this weekend. So had that game gone ahead, it would be... Uh, first place Ealing Trailfinders played 13, 56 points. Yep. Doncaster, second, played 14, 50 points, so six points behind. Cornish Pirates played 12, 48 points, so possibly Cornish mm. Pirates are in a sort of effective second position. Yep. Jersey Reds played 14, 48 points. Yeah, so... so Perhaps so a little an- bit off the another pace. loss or two for Jersey, and it's probably a three-horse race, but currently still a four-horse race. Wow! Mm. Wow! Yeah, that's uh, the one to be keeping an eye on. I suspect mm. with the Premiership, a place at stake, a Premiership place with a guaranteed two seasons. It's yes, massive. That's a very good point because there's no relegation next year. It's a fourteen-team league. I don't no, know about no you, rele- and I feel relegation for at least one year because I know how hard the people at Ealing work. I really do. The idea of Ealing going up just doesn't excite me. Not like it does Jersey or Doncaster. Well, you're on a patch where you've got London Irish Harlequins already. It's um, yeah. Well, that's the odd part. What do you think about Cornish Pirates going up? I love it. Do you? Do you that, think them or Doncaster would love but, it? But the or the Jersey Cornish Pirates, the Dumnummy tribe, covered Cornwall. Covered Devon, Uh-oh. Somerset, and Cornwall. That's cultural appropriation from Exeter. It is absolutely right. I just wonder about that because obviously Exeter is such a dominant force there. I'm, I'm upset because pirates are bad. Pirates <laughs> raped, pillaged, stole. That, why do you think I support them? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all down for pirate culture. Uh, pirate drinking, I'm down for. <laughs> yeah. and, and I like parrots. Yeah, I like rum. <laughs> yeah, I like rum and parrots and yeah. galleons. <laughs> love, love a galleon. I like uh, scars and um, hooks, hooks, and yeah. yeah, wooden legs, missing eyes. Yeah, perfect eye patches. Yeah. I, do you know when you put it like that? I'm amazed that they're, they're that good at rugby. You wouldn't have thought like <laughs> it would lend itself to any, any particular aspect of the game, really, would you? Rum, scurvy, missing limbs. Yeah, a hook. I mean, what are you going to do with that? Oh, that reminds me. Uh, I watched. I might have mentioned it before, but there was a show. It's on. It's on uh, iPlayer, and I think it was an HBO show, and it stars Colin Farrell and the fella that used to be in Skins, and it's about. Oh, what's it called? It's about. Um, one of the ships that went to the Arctic, and it's really good. One of the ships that went to the Arctic. It was. A, it's about sorry, a ship back in like more Victorian. The times. Arctic or the Antarctic? Uh, Arctic. It's about. It's about a ship that went to the Arctic, and it's, it's just a really good five-part show. I can't remember. What right. It's called. I'm going to tell. Well, a I can st- see Phil's looking yeah. it up now. I'm going to tell a story. Who did you say was in it? Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. He's, now, he's brilliant yeah. in it. I've t- I might have told you a story before, right? But if you want to watch something, which will. Like the North Water. The North Water. It's a book, and it's a book, TV miniseries. It's a book written. Well, it's a TV mm. miniseries based on a book that's written by a guy that lives in Chalton. Really? Uh. Yeah. Wow. Even more famous people in Chalton. Mm. Christ. Slightly less fam- famous than us. Amazing. Disgraced ex-army surgeon who signs up as a ship's doctor on a whaling expedition to the Arctic. Mm. Wow. It's really good. Let You'd me like t- it. You'd like it. No. I'm going to tell you a story, then we can close this podcast off, yes. and then we'll file it away for, for the day. We've also got some predictions to make, but yes, yeah, okay. tell this story. So, if you want to see something which is utterly 
utterly devastating and heartbreaking after an hour's viewing. I recommend that you watch this. Now, I'm just going to tell you what happens because no one's going to watch this. But still, there is a YouTube documentary. It's an hour long. And I just watch this. It's not for YouTube. It just happens to end up on YouTube. And it's about this explorer slash aviation enthusiast. And he raises the money to fly over the Arctic because there is a B-29... Um, oh, what was it? Strat- not Stratofortress. What was the one... How embarrassing. It's a B-29. It's B-29. The same plane that dropped the uh, the the atomic bombs, right? Mm-hmm. And this plane has come down uh, around 1940s. It's landed in the Arctic, and because it's cold and it gets covered in snow um, or ice during the winter, and then it thaws out in the summer, but it's really dry, it's basically in pristine condition. And if they get it up and flying, it's going to be worth millions. So, so this guy gets all of his money together, gets this um, mechanic... And they have a plane, and they land it in the Arctic. They sort of dig out all the snow. They make these little rigs. Uh, They are replacing the engines. They've done absolutely everything. And they've got this B-29 Fortress. They've tested the engines, and they are circling it round to take off. And they're going to take this thing off, land in the United States. Not only have they got a piece of aviation history here, he's also made millions. And in the process of building this thing, his air mechanic has died of, I assume... Uh, well, they say it's an illness, but I assumed it was a cold. I, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. one guy has died to do this. And they're taxiing to get on the runway. They hit a bump, and someone has left a can of diesel, un- like, unsecured on top of a radio. The diesel falls onto, onto the radio. Next thing you know, it's just bellowing smoke. And then the whole plane burns to pieces on the runway after they've restored oh. it they're flying it oh it, it's God. ready to go and they just didn't secure a kind of who doesn't secure a oh. kind of diesel in your million quid jet uh, jet uh, plane and i watched the whole hour of this thing and at the end i was completely dejected <laughs> depressed yeah you, devastated. The, the, surely the ending is going to be the triumphant flight. yeah 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 here we go boys There's some soaring music <laughs> yeah, no yeah. just no, dreams, <laughs> dreams are burning up right now. My, my, my dreams. That's a metaphor for life. <laughs> <laughs> what are the games, Phil? We have Friday night Gloucester host London Irish. Oh, oh that's a tasty game. Me. The Skivington Bowl. Gloucester, yeah. Host London Irish. Okay, Gloucester. The shed will be full. Yeah. London Irish will lose nobody of note, so they'll be at full strength. Gloucester, Gloucester. no Chris Harris, no Louis no Summit. Um, anyone else? I don't think so. Mark Atkinson, obviously. But Hastings? He's already gone. Yeah. Hastings hasn't been picked by Scotland. Has he not? The second... Well, we'll talk about this on the Six Nations thing. Their second fly half is Blair Kinghorn. There we go, then. Hmm. Uh, well, Billy... Uh, <sighs> London Irish. I'm tempted to go Irish as well. Give me Gloucester. Gloucester this shed will be a big difference. This shed will be a big... Yeah, Gloucester. Narrow, narrow Gloucester win. I'll see the teams, but provisionally the London Irish. Then we have on Saturday, two o'clock kickoff, Bristol host Newcastle. Bristol, Bristol. back in business. Bristol. Bristol, yeah. Uh, Chiefs host Wasps. Uh, again, let me see the teams. Chiefs at home. Launchbury, Fafita, Stook, you know, a, 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 a Willis, a whoever, I mean. A young. Yeah, maybe not a young, but a Shields. Shields, yeah. Willis, you've got the making of a good back row there. Ogre can slip in. Oh, Ogre's yeah. ace. I love Ogre. Um, 
And then the Chiefs, if the Barbary might get sent back, because I think there is no bobbling operation in the Six Nations, so players can go back and forth if they're not picked, right? although I think Barbary will get. And with a couple of positive tests in the England camp. Uh, Correct. They, yeah, might I, be, they might be a little bit reluctant to. Chiefs. Chiefs. I would provisionally Wasps, I'll look at the teams. Yeah, Wasps, it's a good opportunity for Wasps, that. But I'd, I'd go Chiefs, but it is a good opportunity for Wasps. Then Tigers host Worcester. Tigers. 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 Saracens host Bath. It's got to be Saracens. Saracens. Yeah, what are we thinking about? And then Quinns hosts Sale. Quinns hosts Sale. That's Sale. A, it's a good it's a good opportunity for Sale. It is, it is. Uh, well, they did beat them, as in Sale did beat Harlequins at the AJ Bell, one of their five wins. And they beat Quinns at Quinns last season. Yeah, they mm. did. They did. Opening day of the season, wasn't it? I think... Provisionally, Quins. I'll let you know on Friday. Yeah, give me Quins. I'm going sale. I'm saying they're going on a run. Mm. Run for the top four. Yeah, only because I picked them to win the Premiership yeah. this year. Such <laughs> <So> the same <laughs> face. I'm willing it to happen. <coughs> is, that, is that all six? That's it. Saints are on a week, uh, week off. Yes. Okay. Uh, and one absolute last thing. And it's fitting we do it right at the end. We were speaking at the very start of the podcast about how good the Premiership is because the Premiership stands up. It stands the test of losing players to internationals because it just does. Well, it'd be remiss of us not to mention the fact that Cardiff beat, beat. Leinster for the first time in 11 years, is it? Yeah, 29-27. Yeah. Very I love Dai Young as well, so I'm delighted for him. And Dai Young was making the point that he's, uh, he's sort of... Um, getting to grips about the issues in the the URC and stuff and he says all that journalists ever ask him questions about is well so and so's playing well do you think he should be picked for Wales or so and so's injured what's the inju- what's the issue for Wales and he said where are all where's the interest when the Six Nations isn't on I tell you what Tim he's not wrong I see this in the Premiership oh what's Eddie thinking how's that how's this guy like bloody hell I mean and the Premiership's different because they are compelling storylines and you need to be talking about them because they're brilliant you need to be watching I do get Dai Young's frustration but the reason I don't watch URC is because there are no compelling storylines it's that simple I actually do think Cardiff someone said on Twitter it could have been Paul Williams to be fair to him he thinks that Cardiff will, will, will beat Tigers you look at that Cardiff first 15 and the way that they can play he might be on something you know and if they beat Tigers God, imagine a Welsh team going deep into the competition, bearing in mind what they had to put up with to start with. That'd be one hell of a story. Yeah. Then they'll then they'll generate some mm. generate some interest. Cardiff Tigers. They've drawn Tigers, haven't they? In the um, European Cup. European Cup. Cardiff has. Are Cardiff through? Yeah, Cardiff are through. Are they? Pretty sure they are. They've got Tigers home, home and away. Have they not? See who Tigers have got in the in the mm. European Cup before I embarrass myself. I've I've already embarrassed myself. Toulouse leapfrogged them. Yeah, I I thought... uh, They were the first team that dropped out, weren't... Wasps didn't overtake them, so... Or maybe... Maybe they did. I'm pretty sure that they're through. Uh, Round of 16... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Leicester play Claremont. I made that up. I completely lied. Yeah, because I, I, I was thinking... First left, same first I was thinking, Card- Cardiff... So they did. They did finish on seven points equal. The Stad say and Toulouse. Oh, well, ignore it. Well, there was a period where that would have been the fixture. Could have been the fixture because um, yeah. it's not really good enough, is it? I've just um, had a twenty-minute rant about not checking your stories. <laughs> check, your, <laughs> check your stories, or you embarrass yourself. Very, very good. Yeah, because Cardiff, Cardiff got Wales's only win. So Ospreys played four, lost four. Scarlets. Well, played four. Really hard for Yeah, let's end this really played four. Drew, lost really three, drew one. That. Really hard Cardiff got win. the only win in their 28 0 defeat of Toulouse. Awesome. Right, end this podcast. Right, <laughs> contact techchasers at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers at JB and more on Twitter. We're at Rugby Podcast. Tuesday night, 7 pm, YouTube. Uh, be there, let the boys play. Let the boys play. I was going to suggest because there's some. 